Welcome to another edition of 99 Questions. I am your host, Bob Buell. This is, of course, an oddly numbered interview show where we ask all sorts of interesting people interesting questions. Joined with me today is sometime pro wrestler promoter, sometimes pro wrestling manager, sometimes play-by-play, the uh, amazing Greg Javai. Greg, how are you today? All, all of that is uh, accurate, except for that I, I'm not interesting. So that <laughs> that, that may be right. uh, upsetting to the let listeners. Me just, let me just scratch this out of my notes here. <laughs> okay, got it, got it. <laughs> but yes, I'm doing well. Very happy to be here. Uh, I'm very happy to answer 99 uh, or more questions as necessary. Um, oh. I, I At my intro to you, I said, I, I think I have some cool stories. and I love the sound of my own voice. So I'm ready to rock and roll. <laughs> That's all you need for this show. That's the amazing part. Uh, but, uh, of course, before we dive into the questions, as you know, we got to lay down some terms and conditions, some ground rules for, for, for everyone listening to quickly click through. Uh, so ground rule number one, you can take as much time or as little time as you need to answer the questions. But yes or no suffice. Give me a yes or no. If a short story about your life helps us get a better understanding, I want to hear that story. I would love the chaos of somebody coming on and just yes or no questions the whole time. <laughs> the whole episode is seven and a half minutes. Like pure, unadulterated, chaotic energy. <laughs> just yes and no. Very gruff the entire time. Just I bothered them. They're just really <laughs> not having a good time. <laughs> Favorite breakfast? No. <laughs> Next. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, Grand world number two. Uh, we're not in here to cancel anybody. This ain't 60 minutes. If you want to pass on something, we can pass. No worries if you don't want to answer it. And uh, grand world number three, despite the name of the show being 99 questions, it's more or less just a lie. Uh, yes, there are 99 things on this piece of paper here, but how many of them are questions? How many of them are prompts? How many follow-up questions there'll be? Who knows? Uh, uh, but all I have to know is the first non-question. Greg, are you ready? I am super ready. Let's Love get it. at it. Love it. Actual question number one. What's the perfect breakfast? The perfect breakfast. Um, I guess it depends on how I'm feeling. Like if I'm feeling fat, like um, I like that's like this is a. I guess in a perfect world, I wake up on a Sunday morning yes. and I'm ready to jam on some breakfast. Uh, there's a place in Kansas City, Missouri called the uh, the Big Biscuit and Brother. They give you a big biscuit. I get a, a to go meal that has to come in two boxes, and I am a happy man. All I like day. this already. And yeah, like this this crunchy, awesome biscuit in this great homemade gravy, and then you get sausage and bacon uh, and potatoes on the side, and it is just like it puts me out for the whole day. Like. <laughs> That's the best, like diner breakfast foods 
that make you full until 7 p.m. Like, <laughs> are the greatest. There's been some times I've eaten it and then I have to drive home and be back on Sunday night. And I'm just like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Like, I got to <laughs> I gotta get some no-dos or something. I'm still affected by the big biscuit. It's a big biscuit. <laughs> As advertised. Oh, I love it so much. Uh, question number two. This, qu- this question carries a lot of weight. Who's the coolest dude? Uh, so this is one, I, I'll preface it by saying I'm a fan of the show. So obviously, like, I've played along at home. And a lot of the stuff, knowing I was going to be on, I tried to, like, purge from my memory. But this is the one that every episode I've listened to, hands down, same answer. Eddie Kingston is the coolest oh. dude in the entire world. I'm so glad that's the answer because <laughs> I've seen him at many indie shows. I've seen him on TV a ton. And the fact that he's as cool as he seems is the best. He's the best dude. Like I met him through, uh, we did a company called NWL in Kansas city area um, a few years ago. And he came in to do shots for them quite a few times. And that was the first time I met him. And then I got to do some commentary with him at some places here in St. Louis, like glory pro um, and St. Louis Anarchy, and every time was a blast, and I would always walk away with a new story, and, like, the one that I always say of how cool he is was this, like, amazing 24-hour period of, I had heard that AAW, which is, like, a big independent company in Chicago, for yeah. anybody that's not aware, uh, they were looking for managers, and so I, he was working there pretty regularly at the time, and I reached out to him, and I'm like, Eddie, how do I get in there? And he's like, send me your stuff, <laughs> and, and so, I uh, I said I send him stuff and then like I meet him the next day at the show. He gives me a big hug and like we're not like that friendly. He just knows me through other people. Gives me a big hug and he's like, ah, I gave your stuff to Danny Daniels uh, and I told him that you're really good. But I also fought a fan that night, so I don't know if it's gonna go over very well. <laughs> and then we do the yes. show. The show's over and he talks us all into going to see Venom, the first Venom. Oh yeah, yeah. At the theater, so I'm like, I'm sitting there, and I'm marking out. I'm like, I'm at the theater eating popcorn next to Eddie Kingston, and like, and I'm thinking he's gonna be like a loud ass in the movie theater just because of who he is. But he's hitting the other dude that we come with because he's like, there's an episode where they're like, they're getting ready to to uh, get romantic uh, as to be PG, and the guy sitting next to Eddie goes, they better show it. And Eddie hits him. <laughs> and I, it's like, shut up! I'm trying to watch the movie. And so afterwards. He's supposed to go back to my buddy's house and stay there for the night. And somebody's supposed to drive him to a flight the next day. And I, uh, he's like, but the guy's like, man, I haven't seen my wife in a little bit. He's like, understood, understood. I know what's going to go down at the household when you get back. I need somebody to drive me to the promoter's house so I can stay there. And I was like, I'll drive you, man. Where's it at? And it's like 30 minutes away. And you'd have thought I, like, I said it was, we were going to have to ride. I was like, pick him up and piggyback (laughs) him. He just couldn't believe I would do that for him. So I get to where the promoter's at it's at a bar and uh he's like you come in you get a drink on me you get food on me i can't believe you just did this and so we go inside and we're hanging out again i'm just like it's super cool and the end of the night is he tell he is this waitress keeps trying to get him to get to do a tequila shot and he keeps going i can't do tequila honey i can't drink no i can't be drinking tequila <laughs> and finally she's like why and he shoves himself back about six feet from the table and he's like this one night me and homicide and low-key like these are just normal names that you would tell a random person <laughs> yeah he's using all the work names me, <laughs> and, me and homicide and low-key we go out i'm drinking tequila i black out i wake up the next day with 300 cash and a new pair of nikes and that's why i can't drink tequila no more honey 
and he slams the shot of tequila. We go out. I put his bags in the other guy's car, and that was uh, the best 24-hour period I've ever spent with any Amazing. Just the best dude, the coolest dude. Oh. <laughs> in the in the vaunted list of coolest dudes. Yeah, Eddie <laughs> Kingston is on there. That's amazing. Oh god, that's fantastic. <laughs> I don't know how it could follow it, but it has to sometimes. Uh question 3, steak, chicken or fish? I think because of versatility, I've got to go with chicken. Like if I if I had to yeah. only eat one thing for the rest of my life, at least you could cook that up in different ways. You could dress it up in, in like a bunch of different cuisines and stuff. I think uh, I'm I'm thinking with my head on this one and not my stomach. I, I think I got to go chicken. <laughs> I hear you. It's 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 too versatile. It's too you can do anything with it. It's hard to screw up too. Like yeah. fish, I feel like it's real sketchy. I wouldn't want to go to some place that I like didn't know and order like, uh, yeah. I, you know, I'm not trying to eat the, I don't know yeah. if I'm trying to eat the shrimp at like you know Taco Bell or whatever. Like, oh, I want, yeah. <laughs> give me chicken wherever. At least I know it's probably not going to kill me. There's, there's, uh, I'm from New Jersey, as I, I say, and I feel like every episode it comes up in some <laughs> way or another. Um, but. Uh, the Jersey, the famous Jersey Shore boardwalk that the reality show made infamous and famous. Um, there is a stand on there because I, I grew up there. I still go all the time. It's still a great spot to visit, uh, even if I don't have to spike my hair and do all this <laughs> nonsense that they do. Um, there's a spot on the boardwalk. And again, 95, you know, right down the shore, right uh, uh, directly on the water. They have a, a little tiny stand within a bar that serves sushi and every time i walk by i say who's the maniac getting boardwalk <laughs> sushi at a 95 degree day like <laughs> because it's like directly in the sun there's no <laughs> way it could be anything good coming out of this sushi place i just uh, I, I i to this day i'll walk by and just shake my head like who's Who's actually eating there? How are they still in business? I don't. I don't get it. Whose iron stomach is? <laughs> Seriously, I, I, I don't get it. Uh, question four: Best gift you've ever gotten? I've I have total recency bias when it comes to to this, so I'm trying not. To, I'm trying to think back further than just this Christmas. My girlfriend, <laughs> I I told her I was like, you're like the world champion of of gift giving. Like, uh, she got me a. Uh, a bunch of Ben Fold stuff. I really like him. A oh, Jeff nice. Jarrett coffee mug. It was uh, you know, a bunch of cool stuff. I had to narrow it down. I mean, going way, way back, my mom has passed away. And before she passed away, she uh, got like a like a bound book with all these like uh, prompts in it hmm. and wrote out answers to it. And it's got like this really sweet message in the front and really sweet message at the end. And I remember when she gave it to me and I was like, this is like mortifying like i don't this is so sad why would i want this and now i'm so happy that i have it so that's uh, that's probably the best gift that i've ever received is uh that book that made me very sad at one point <laughs> that's, that's so sweet though because you know she, she saw how much it would mean and, and yeah uh, yeah that's, that's great 
she always had like a doom complex. Like she apparently, when I was like real little, she'd buy books and write little messages in them. And I, I found them later on in life. And I was like, why don't, why don't these all have little notes in them? She's like, I don't know. I just thought maybe I'd die before you really like knew who I was. And I was like, Jesus. <laughs> like, that's very sweet. But why? <laughs> Talk to someone about that. Like, <laughs> that's, a, that's like the movie Memento. Like she's just leaving this trail for you, but she's still there. Like, there is no treasure there. That's great. Uh, question five, flipping it around. Best gift you've ever given. This one I think is a little bit easier. Um, there was a guy, so I used to watch um, uh, children like as a job, not like <laughs> you don't need to alert. You don't need to alert anybody. I'm like, pressing the panic button on my desk. Go on, go on. I was a like a before and after school care um, oh, person gotcha. for a long time. And there was this one kid that was really rad. And he his parents knew my parents and like, and he used to always talk about playing guitar because dad was in a Kiss cover band and he just thought that was the Ooh. coolest thing ever. And I had been given a guitar um, and have no ambition to learn things. <laughs> so I just sat for years and I, and so I had that in an amp and I was like, and I asked his parents, I was like, I was like, dude, could I come to like his birthday party and give him this guitar? Cause he was, he had graduated past where I could watch him or whatever, but my parents and his parents kept in contact. And uh, so, I mean, I felt like a rock star showing up at this like 14 year old kid's birthday party. I was like 20 <laughs> And he just thought I was the coolest thing ever because I showed up with a guitar and oh. was like, here, this is yours. And, <laughs> and it wasn't anything special, but it, to him, like, it like, blew his mind. He could not believe that it happened. That rules. Yeah. <laughs> uh, question six. What did you want to do for a living when you were a kid? Um, I wanted to be a pro wrestler. I wanted to... Uh, I, I learned very early that I was not going to be athletic enough to be a pro wrestler. Like that, that became very <laughs> obvious very quickly. So that's yeah. where the manager thing came in at. I looked very highly up to like Paul Heyman and uh, Bobby Heenan and Jim Cornette. And I wanted to be one of those guys that could do, that could manage and get a bunch of heat and do play by play and maybe own a company and book, you know, and that was like, uh, the dream gig and I think that's something I lose sight of a lot because no I'm not like signed and making millions of dollars but two or three four times a month I get to do the thing I wanted to do when I was like four or five years old like that's I remember phenomenal. being in in the sixth grade and somebody asked you know like what do you want to do and I said I, I would love to be a professional wrestler and they said it would be a waste of a great mind and like not even to be shitty but I was like well that's kind of a backhanded compliment <laughs> like yeah I guess <laughs> but I think about that a lot because I was like, yeah, I guess I, I guess it is a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, like close second was hockey goaltender, but I was poor, so I played soccer. It was a goalie instead. <laughs> Those pads are too expensive. I get it. <laughs> uh, question seven: What's the largest animal you can beat in a fight? All right, I think the fight questions I break down way too much. So like oh. in my head. I'm going like okay this has to be like a fairly docile creature because mm -hmm. anything big like it's going to take me out even anything that's small and wiry like it's probably got me like there are <laughs> definitely okay like my girlfriend's 85 pound dog luckily she loves me but she puts her feet on my shoulders and pins me to the ground and licks my face and I just like gotta let it happen so like <laughs> 85 okay. pounds is probably somewhere around our so 
So that's the one out class in you. So let's yeah. let's notch down a little <laughs> bit. A little bit a little bit below that. And I think like something like an emu or because like they're so like they're it. big, yeah. you know, and they're kind of mean, but like and I'm probably gonna take a few pecks, but like I snap that little twig neck, we're done. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, game over. <laughs> it's got its biggest weakness right there. Like <laughs> I, I thought giraffe, but that's a little like too big. Like I don't think uh, the neck snap idea is gonna work there. Yeah. But he also isn't gonna eat me. But that motherfucker's gonna trample me for sure. <laughs> oh, for sure, they're too big. Yeah, I'm gonna be trampled by a giraffe. So I think an emu, like you get in, you grab, you get him in like a sleeper hold, and and we're done. And they're fairly large, so I think I think emu is the is is my answer i i believe in you i think <laughs> i think we could book it and at least sell a 700 800 seater i think <laughs> uh question eight who's someone you look up to i mean there's the stock answer of my dad like my dad's this really rad biker dude that nice. um you know worked his whole life and and uh now he's retired and like he's just such a simple dude he loves to ride his motorcycle and like you know uh, do little weird projects around his house and like it's just you know and he's the nicest dude would do anything for uh for everybody i always sort of wanted to aspire to be him so i guess in life you know my father um in wrestling um yeah i still look up to guys like paul Heyman and like all the guy all the names i dropped earlier you know um even and then right now um the guy, the guy I've learned the most from is probably Matt Jackson. He runs St. Louis Anarchy. Um, oh. and he's done a lot of, uh, and anything that I knew about like running shows or anything like that, I kind of got from him. And he helped when I started my company um, with resources and things like that. So uh, that's always, you know, I always kind of wanted to to be him in our area. That's like the benchmark. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are my, my split answers, I guess. But <laughs> Isn't it crazy that Paul Heyman is still going as hard as he is today? When you think about like he was doing this whole same shtick in like 1987, yeah, and he's still the best. Like that's not not even like oh he's all right. Like he still is the man. It's not like the last year of the Flair run or something where it was like you know obviously he's still going, but it's not him and Dusty Flair. You know what I mean? Like this Paul Heyman is maybe the best Paul Heyman we've ever gotten. I love it's as an insult, crazy. everybody always, like if I used to wear a suit before I kind of like revamp my character and change it around, I, yeah, I'd be in, I'd look basically be dressed like every other manager in a suit. And I had a ponytail at the time and everybody would be like, oh, like second rate Paul Heyman. I'm like, I'll take that. Yeah. Like, that's cool. <laughs> I'm a second rate, the best that's ever done it. Cool. Like. I always used to have that argument with my friends when, uh, when Dolph Ziggler was starting to get on the rise and they'd be like, Pfft. He's just like a rip off of Mr. Perfect, Shawn Michaels, and Ric Flair, and I was like, "What? Yeah, all the best to ever do <laughs> the, it, like the greatest <laughs> of all times." Yeah, how could you hate the guy? Like, yeah. <laughs> Let's say, oh, question nine: first album you bought with your own money. So my memory is not fantastic. Probably a side effect of throwing myself at the ground for the past eleven years. Very possible. Um, yeah. But I distinctly remember, I think it was with my own money, uh, the Offspring Conspiracy of One album. Ooh, and okay. I think 
the reason it sticks out so heavily in my mind was like I went to buy it and my mom was like I should I let you buy that and I was like you let me listen to like the insane clown posse like what <laughs> why did you suddenly turn into a Stepford wife like and, and we had this whole back and forth of like 10 I was like and she was just like you know what fair like <laughs> buy, buy the album <laughs> Yeah, all things considered, like, I don't think the offspring were really that, doing anything that vulgar, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I don't, maybe it had, like, it had a skull on the cover, maybe that was what threw oh, her that... off. But again, <laughs> way worse that she was very well aware that I listened to, so I, I was like, what, what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> uh, Classic. Uh, question 10, what's your go-to karaoke song? Uh, so... Man, I love some karaoke. First, yeah. let me just say that straight up. I, I, I people when they're they're on, they're on here and they're like, "Oh, I don't, I don't karaoke." Like, you don't know what you're missing about it's getting buzzed and yeah. <laughs> acting like a rock star for a couple of minutes. Like, my go-to karaoke song is probably um, uh, something by Billy Joel. Like, mm. uh, you may be right. That's what it is. Oh, yep, yep. You may be right. is is a good one. Um, and uh, oh, the other, any of that, like that kind of Joel, like upbeat, upbeat Joel is my uh, is my go to <laughs> uh, karaoke. The best karaoke experience I ever had, though. Oh, yes. We, me, and a group of friends almost got uh, to. There was like a contest at a Motley Crue concert one year. Motley okay. Crue. It was like Motley Crue, Papa Roach, uh, something, else, and they were sponsored by Rock Band, and so they had a whole uh, like trailer set up when you walked into the concert, and all throughout the day they were uh, like watching people that went up, and one set of four was going to get to go to the main stage and play this Rock Band song before Motley Crue. Whoa! And uh, we went up and we sang "Cheeseburger in Paradise" by. <laughs> <laughs> by jimmy buffett great and choice i i put my heart and soul into that performance and we had a group of like a fairly large group jamming with us and after they told us like all right you got you guys are in the running come back here at this time and we came back and they were like yeah unfortunately it was your song choice like we really don't think cheeseburger oh, in paradise man. going on for motley crew is gonna really hype people up tough to like, argue but oh, like killed <laughs> it second place by our song choice but yeah that was that was the coolest karaoke experience i ever had uh but jimmy buffett's people were in contact luckily yeah. they were, <laughs> he had agents in the crowd and they they reached out later and they gave me a ten dollar off coupon to margarita though. <laughs> as good as gold i swear <laughs> uh question 11 what's the last song you listened to uh I got to do the thing everybody does and whip out the oh, yeah. Spotify. This question, somehow not yet sponsored by Spotify. Still, Spotify, what are you doing? Uh, it was Jail by Kanye West. Ooh. Um, that is something you will learn about me throughout this interview is that uh, there will be like three topics that come up probably continuously is fancy football, professional wrestling, and Kanye West. I, I, I unironically love Kanye West. He's fantastic. <laughs> He's absolutely fantastic. And, uh, I listened. I've worn this Donda album out. So yeah, uh, the last one I listened to was "Jail" by Kanye West. Very cool. 
uh let's see question 12 what's a band or musical artist you want to hear more from um top of my head uh there's a band called the hush sound Hmm. um i saw they they opened for i was a a kid and i was a huge fan of ludo when they were around they were like white hot for a second uh loved ludo uh, with them being from St. Louis and stuff, like we got to see like early on, like their whole rise and then immediate stoppage. <laughs> uh, and one time we went to one of their Christmas shows and this band opened up for them called the Hushdown. And at the time I was with like a stupid little high school girlfriend that absolutely hated them, like so petty about how much she hated them that she like sat down and turned her back and like refused to listen to the band totally ruined it for me so i didn't even realize how much i liked them until they stopped making music and i i stumbled upon them on spotify and was like every song is a jam i love (laughs) these guys so i I would love for them to get back together and make some new music and and uh, be able to see them live without uh somebody like anchoring me down the whole time seriously if you're at a concert already like just just go with it you don't have to stage dive you just like sit there and (laughs) you know tough it out if you don't like the music sorry one of the weirdest forms of protest i've ever seen yeah like what tickets pay for yeah (laughs) like they're already there i I don't know uh question 13 a song that brings the most emotion out of you so i'm really embarrassed for what the answer is going to be to this. So I'm going to preface the story first. Okay. Um, as I, as I mentioned, I had, I had lost my mother uh, to, and I lost her pretty young to a bout of breast cancer. Oof, and um, so it, it was very quick and all that kind of stuff. And, and she had a very particular type of music. She loved like Ozzy Osbourne, like eighties, nineties rock, like, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so at her funeral, we played a combination of, a shine down song that I don't remember. See you on the other side by Ozzy Osbourne, and mm. then the one that brings the most emotion. Like if I hear it, there used to be like a truck commercial because, of course, this would be on a truck commercial. Uh, but I'd cry at the Chevy commercial all the time because this song, like in my opinion, if I when I looked at the lyrics, I looked at somebody else like we got to play this at the funeral because it's like it told the story to me of like her battle. Um, when I listened to the lyrics, it was like somebody is speaking to me. But this song is "Born Free" by Kid Rock. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> like I hate that that word just came out of my mouth. I hate, like oh. I hate me now. So whoever out there hates me now, I get it. Like it's not like I'm just listening to Kid Rock on my own. But man, if I hear that song, and it, you know, like I said, it's like it's in every derpy Fourth of July, this or that. Oh, or like, I'm sure. You know, but the lyrics got me at the time, and my mom was a huge fan of Kid Rock. Look, saw him every time. So I was like, oh, man, this fits perfectly. And I played it at her funeral without realizing the repercussions it would have <laughs> for the next decade of me like crying to like Toyota commercials about how they're <laughs> yeah. Some like, Miller Light ad is gonna have that. <laughs> in a couple of weeks and it's just going to be the most emotional you've ever <laughs> been about a Miller light. Oh, brutal. <laughs> but I, I get it. I get it. Yep. I mean, that's why I told the story first. Cause I didn't want people to just click yeah. off. Like, <laughs> like what is this guy doing? That's fair. That's very fair. Uh, let's see. Question 14. What's your favorite music video? I remember being obsessed as a kid with, uh, 
I guess it would have been the Clint Eastwood video, the first gorillas. Oh yeah. Like that whole concept just blew my mind. I was like, what? Like nobody knows who these guys are. And it's sweet, slick animated video. And it's like rock with rap in it. And it just was like, it it affected every one of my senses. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I loved that video. It was so cool. It really came at the perfect time. It was like, it, it not only came when, uh, you know, it was kind of the precursor to a lot of that, like, rap, rock, hybrid stuff, too. Yeah. That, like, you know, what's that Jay-Z Collision Course album that, like, everyone praises, but it came out six years after that or something like that? Maybe, <laughs> maybe my timeline's off a little bit. But, like, yeah, Gorillaz were, were, still are, to a certain extent, still really crushing it. Yeah, that's the thing. It holds up too so you watch the video listen to the song it still it still holds up so yeah, yeah. I, I think that's my favorite i remember man well it was like fuse tv and you would like go online and vote for the video and me and my friends would just wear out the vote for the gorillas <laughs> videos we had a we had a channel on the on the east coast here called the box had a <laughs> weird name for a channel i wholeheartedly agree but it was the exact same concept where you could like vote and call in and request certain and it was just music videos non-stop 24 7 and uh yeah that and like feel good ink i remember when that came out yeah. was like just wore out the the box <laughs> that's a weird sentence uh, yeah, yeah. uh yeah let's get left to the edit i think that's dead. uh let's see question 15 you got a million dollars but you have to donate it all to charity what charity is it going to real answer probably something like saint jude's that does amazing things for kids and and uh and or, or uh what is the it's like not the ones that makes the wigs the wigs for cancer patients oh yeah like um, not isn't like locks of loves like corrupt right like they kill baby <laughs> puppies to make the fur or something like that like but there's another one i couldn't i couldn't even <laughs> tell you but <laughs> i think there's another one like wigs for kids or something like that i don't know one of the, something like that would be great but also i mean it would at least cross my mind of like how could i create a shadow organization like <laughs> that would funnel all or right. most of this back to me <laughs> right. right to your bank account directly yeah my charity is zero seven four f and it's just your routing number like <laughs> uh let's see question 16 favorite holiday I think Christmas, like it's definitely the Christmas season. Christmas Day, I don't like it kind of give or take. Like, but the lead up to Christmas, oh, no better build up in holidays. Like, that's yeah, you get a full month of just nothing but anticipation. And then I think the how awesome Christmas is is told by the crippling depression that immediately follows it. (laughs) Like, there's nothing in january january sucks mm-hmm. <laughs> and so i i think yeah i think uh the christmas season overall is the, is the best i like the uh the season we did a bunch of like like little we call it the christmas dates tour me and my girlfriend went to all kinds of like light shows and uh fun like deals like that and it was just the best like um, awesome yeah i think i'm i think i'm into i think i'm a christmas guy i can't think of anything else that comes close Hey, I love it. What other holiday has its own songs? Like, yeah. yeah like, <laughs> Fourth of July, and then I'm crying. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, let's see. Oh, question 17. What's your go-to drink when you walk into a coffee shop? I love an iced coffee. Like, yeah. I'm not, I prefer a regular brewed iced coffee to a cold brew. I was, uh, mm. uh, I worked as a barista for a little while, uh, for about a year for Starbucks, and I just became a total snob. I, before I worked there, like, I didn't know the difference between what you brew at the gas station and, like, free, <laughs> yeah. like, but then I became a total a total coffee nerd uh and so yeah something about like the acidity and the bite of like a brewed iced coffee versus a cold brew taste just like flat to me like mm, i don't know interesting it, uh it's yeah it's like missing something like iced coffee punches back and okay. <laughs> so yeah i like it i like a nice coffee you heard it here first folks iced <laughs> coffee punches back <laughs> i like it i like it 18 this is where things get it dicey. Spell the word gray. So in my head, it's G-R-E-Y. I feel like that is the minority answer. Yeah, I think A-Y still gets uh, gets precedent. And I don't know. I, I'm First of all, I am just a horrific speller. Perfect. A, a, like, so I definitely, it's probably good that I'm in the minority. Like if, if, if there are anybody really like G-R-E-Y people out there, like just groaned. So, oh no, Jovi, Jovi just is in our camp. That's not good. Uh, but <laughs> uh, I think maybe, maybe because it's like almost my name, like three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Close oh. enough. I get that a lot if, if I'm kind of mush mouth at Starbucks and and I say, I say my name, they'll call out, and it'll be for Gray. And I'm like, whose name is Gray? <laughs> I, I've had my name, despite how simple it is, three letters, two of them are the same. <laughs> uh, classic name, I think. People hear Todd all the time. Whoa. I get Rob. I get told, is that your real name? <laughs> 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 like... First off, what does it matter? I just <laughs> right? I couldn't turn down the pure adulterated thrill of an exotic name like Bob. <laughs> yeah, my 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 pseudonym. Ah, <laughs> uh, what can I choose? Something really exotic and out there and wild. I think Bob is the one to go with. We always messed with the guy that trained me. Um, he was like really famous in the St. Louis area, and he did some stuff with Ring of Honor. Kind of like almost got out. Um, his name is Ding. He goes by Dingo, and his shoot name, his regular name, is John Machete. And we're like, why did you go by Dingo when your birth certificate says Jonathan Machete? <laughs> That's the perfect drink name. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> oh, that rules. Uh, let's see. Nineteen. What's your prized possession? My. Like immediate answer would be to say my dog, but I don't really think my dog's a possession. It's like a, I, it runs this household. Jesus, <laughs> Bailey, this is Bailey's house. I'm I'm just living in it. Um, I'd say it doesn't count, but it's also the most given answer to this question. Oh yeah, okay, it's, all it's right. People's dog. So I feel I at least I feel like I was in the spirit of the of the probably my home gym. Um, that's, I mean, that's like a conglomerate of possessions, I guess, but, um, that became really, really important for my sanity when the shutdown happened. Cause I, yeah. uh, was in the gym a lot and it was like a, it was just a mental health thing as much as a physical health thing. And when those shut down, 
I kind of started to lose it a little bit. It was like, I don't know what to do. And everything was sold out. So then like later on into the pandemic, when I was able to get the money and the resources to get like a squat rack and uh, a bar and the whole shebang, like that's, that uh, is probably the like coolest thing that I had put together for myself. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Question 20. Are you competitive? Super competitive to the, like, to the extent that it's probably a problem. Like, <laughs> okay. Other people's successes are my failures. Like, if I see somebody Ooh. in a situation that I feel like I'm better than them in, you know, like if I turn on TNT and I see somebody that's you know, being a manager and I'm like, I'm so much better than that person. Why am I sitting on the couch and I can't get booked and this idiot's on TV and to the point that it like, it doesn't fuel me. It just makes me like angry. <laughs> and, uh, and I think that trickles all, it does trickle all the way down. Like there's a certain level of casualness that we could be playing a game, like, uh, like a fun little card game or something like that. That's cool. Um, that, everybody's in that to have fun. Yeah. So anything that has any sort of skill or reward, I am, uh, uh, it, it's a problem. <laughs> Love it. Uh, 21. Do you consider golf a sport? Uh, <laughs> this, this is like low key the most controversial question on this list. There's such a wide variety of, of emotional answers here. I love it. My my problem is like, like I get the pro sport argument. It takes a ton of skill. I certainly cannot golf well, and it is competitive. You're competing against somebody else. But I it, to me, it's like a hobby that can be a sport. Mm-hmm. Like bowling, for example. To me, bowling is like a game that can be a, at a professional competitive level. It's a sport, but like if I go bowling, I am not an athlete, you know? <laughs> yes. Like I'm no more like that doesn't make me an athlete any more than driving around the block. makes me an athlete compared to a NASCAR <laughs> driver. Like, so yeah. I agree with you though. I've always been in the camp of skilled hobby yeah. darts, bowling. Exactly. If it doesn't have defense, sorry. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm, I think I'm with you. I think, yeah, because I mean, part of my other thing is that you don't have to be athletic to do it, but then yeah. that starts to get into some other gray areas, because I mean, like, look at some of the most famous pitchers of all time. Like, yeah. like That's very true. Ugh, those, like, I could probably beat some of those guys in a foot race, and I'm not athletic at all. Yeah. So, and that gets it. I don't like to push that into the argument, because that starts that that starts to gray it up a little bit. But. I'm sure there are some defensive linesmen that are like, uh, not, not in the peak of physical shape, let's say, <laughs> but doing their job perfectly. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I like it. I respect it. Uh, but not a sport. uh, 22. <laughs> Have you ever played any sports? Yes. Um, so I played soccer as a kid. I think we covered it earlier because I was too poor for hockey and I wanted to be a goalie. Um, so I did, pl- I played soccer and I was fairly good at being a soccer goalie. I think I could have like rode that to whatever, you know, like I could have got like a Z league scholarship to some community college or something. Uh, nice. but I, I quit it early. Um, I will never forget the day I quit baseball. It is 
etched into my memory. We uh, were getting ready for for kid pitch, and I should I should lie I should say I was just garbage at <laughs> baseball. I was okay. terrible. I was the like kid that they'd put in right field, and you just tear up grass and be like, "When's my snow cone coming?" Like <laughs> I was awful. But uh, <laughs> we were they were preparing us for kid pitch because instead of the tee or the coach or whatever, you know. And uh, they're like, all right, today's the day. We're going to teach you how to get hit by the baseball. And I was like, word? And uh, <laughs> and they lined us all up. Wait, this is a thing? <laughs> I, this, I think this was child abuse. I don't know if anyone else has ever experienced <laughs> this. But they lined us all up and had us go into the batter's box and learn to, like, shift your shoulders into the pitch so that you took it with the, the biggest part of your body, which I guess yeah. makes sense so you're not just – staring at it mouth agape and letting it hit you in the, in the nose yeah but like you could have i could have gathered that without i did not need real world practice for that yeah they could have just was, explained that exactly yeah, just like <laughs> hey dog like shift your shoulders you'll be all right yeah that would have been it and the like the big problem was everybody went in front of me i was last and everyone just took it like that but they got hit like up in the shoulders i got hit in like the kidney and it like i fell down to one knee like ah that sucked and everybody was kind of like ah man like quit being a wuss and so i walked over to my mom i said i don't think i want to come back here and we (laughs) never did (laughs) wow (laughs) that is a bonkers way to teach that that is really is insane like worst case scenario we're gonna not only tell you what to do but we're gonna hurt you (laughs) Uh, yeah, I probably would have walked away too. Uh, power to you. Yeah, could have been Bryce Harper, but here we are. <laughs> uh, 23, favorite sport to watch? I think this does have an asterisk live. It's hockey. Uh, on TV, it's football. Like the, the adrenaline of being in the, uh, in the arena for a live hockey game to me is unmatched. Like love my St. Louis Blues. Uh, going to a St. Louis Blues game is amazing, but th- uh, the production of an NFL game, like didn't watch Red Zone, where it's yeah. just constant action. Um, we've just we've been spoiled so much, uh, and it's also like there's a little bit extra thrill with football because it's such a limited engagement. Like the mm. Blues could lose ten games and still make the playoffs. You know, like everyone's kind of like, well, there's seventy two more. Like maybe we'll do all right. <laughs> But football, man, like when your team loses, you're like, uh-oh, this is going downhill fast. We only got 16, 17 more of these now. Yeah. So. No, I, I 100% agree with you. My my local New Jersey Devils, as much as they might have a spotty record, uh, it is an incredibly fun, uh, <laughs> incredibly fun game to go to live. Uh, I love it. Uh, let's see. Question 24, theme parks. Oh, my God. I love theme parks. Nice. I am a theme park like monster i love them <laughs> uh i used to travel a lot more to them before the world ended like i would love going uh my favorite one probably is cedar point uh oh yeah yeah in ohio is amazing uh chicago outside has a really great six flags uh, six flags yeah. great america they have a cool lineup of rides um and universal is amazing I, I i would love to make universal a more regular thing but uh most recently we did one of our Christmas date tours was to Dollywood. They do the whole thing up in light. And, oh, and ride okay. the, uh, you know, they ride the rides in the cold and all that stuff. And uh, 
it was super super cool to to be there for that so yeah long answer for yes give me all the theme parks inject them into my veins <laughs> great uh question 25 dub the ron bennington after famous radio personality you're standing in a wrestling ring and a wave of nine-year-olds a random mix of boys and girls are coming down to the ring to fight you how many nine-year-olds could you beat in this fight so i've always had a question that i don't feel like has gotten answered when oh. we say a wave like yes. Is this mean like an interval of, or is it like, have we defined what the wave means? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so it is, it is not Royal Rumble style. It okay. means that like, if you think you can take 30, 30 are, w- are marching. Coming. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> not one by one by one by All one. All right. If it was Rumble style, I think I'd last a lot more. Oh, it'd be just, like infinite. Cause yeah, yeah. yeah. Break, like eventually you break your hand and that's yeah. probably where it starts to go down. Yeah. You'd knock okay. one out five seconds. You get 85 seconds. Yeah. To rest up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So considering it is just a swarm, how many could I take at one time? Correct. Um, so I think I would have to have two nine year olds attached to each leg. So we're at four. Because that mm-hmm. makes me immobile. Um, I think then another one or two, I'll give myself credit enough to say two, would need to like jump onto my back and force me down. Um, at that point, you got four nine-year-olds holding you down. I think it takes a good another like four to stomp me out. Okay. I'm saying eight to ten. I think if it were eight to eight to ten, I think I could deal with them once we start getting over that. If they're organized. They can do it. (laughs) That's the thing. That's the tough part. If these kids unionize on their way to the ring, (laughs) then we're all in trouble. If they're uh, all in business for themselves, I might be able to double that number. But if they are, if they're organized, Timmy's trying to get his high spot. Then it's that you also (laughs) got to throw in the fact that there's always some like gargantuan nine year old that you're less like, like you have a mustache. How are you? (laughs) Like that's why nine year old is really the key age because it's like sometimes well before puberty for some people or other people it's like you're on it you're (laughs) you are there uh yeah it's a it's a dangerous age uh i like i like the answer uh 26 what's a game you know you can win this one's kind of hard because all the games that i feel like i am good at don't necessarily like go well head to head like i've been playing in my fantasy football league for 11 years i have the most wins oh, wow. all time of the teams i only have one championship though so i can't say oh i could definitely win at that because i've gotcha. only won once in 11 years <laughs> um i think i'm a pretty good like like i think i'm pretty good at like madden and nhl and stuff but i know a professional gamer would just smoke me like i'm fine but I think if I got I, not even a professional game, but just like a really dedicated like fourteen year old, <laughs> yeah. destroy me. Um, so, like all that in mind, um, a game that I could definitely win. I feel like I have won more than I've lost at uh, what is the card game that's basically D and D with a fun name. Um, Oh my gosh. D and D. I mean, that's the best uh best way I could describe it. It's like uh oh, not dude, sure, I, honestly. I'm Googling. I'm Googling. Yeah, please man. do. I'm uh, curious. Man. 
it's got some funky sound and name and you like add on different pieces as you go through and you either knock down the door and take treasure oh this is just riveting this is all getting cut uh All right, I've, I've got never a, heard of this. I'm I'm intrigued, but I've I don't think I've ever heard of this. I'm sure it's in my Amazon wish list. Um, all right. This is late breaking news coming across the 99 Questions News Desk. I'm breaking in to this episode of the show. This great episode, I dare say. I don't want to editorialize, but it's a great episode so far. Uh, we never quite got to the bottom of what game Greg was talking about here until the recording already ended. The game, actually, is called Munchkin. Munchkin, the mega-hit card game about dungeon adventure with none of that role-playing stuff, uh, it is available now for twenty two ninety five on Amazon, munchkin.game. Uh, this is not an ad, but, uh, I didn't have much else to say. Let's get back to the episode. And we're done. All right. Do you know what, though? There is something in here that changes my entire answer completely. Bar shuffleboard. I think I'm pretty good at bar shuffleboard. That was in my Amazon list list as a tabletop bar shuffleboard game. (laughs) Pretty good at bar shuffleboard. (laughs) I love love me some bar shuffleboard. It's the soccer analogy, too, because what I really want to play is curling, but I don't know where to do that or how to do it. So bar shuffleboard is the best I'm going to get. Agreed. <laughs> I even I, I went up to Canada for for one vacation. I went up to Toronto and it was great. You get to see the Hockey Hall of Fame and like I touched the Stanley Cup and like it, it's great. It's a great trip. Um, but uh, I called a, a curling place that was like right around the corner from uh, the Airbnb we were all staying at, and I was like, oh, we if we could rent it out for an hour, you know, or rent a lane mm. or whatever, just just play around like this to uh, say we did it, and they were like. Uh yeah, I'm sorry. Uh this is July. Like even in Canada, <laughs> no, we're not open. And I was like, right, 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 right. Makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> Didn't even consider I just thought like Canada is just like the tundra all year. They're round. just curling all the yeah. time. Like, <laughs> nope. Turns out can't mm-hmm. stop the Canadians from curling. <laughs> uh question 27. What topic can you discuss the most? See, I think you would expect this, the answer to be professional wrestling, but I got to have the right partner for that. Like, I feel like just from the small bit that we've talked, I feel like we could have a full conversation about professional wrestling. But then there's, I used to work with this guy that every time I'd come in, he would be like, man, you see what Roman Reigns did last night? <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, I have not watched WWE in like six years. I, I, yeah. I can't. I can't engage with this in this with you. Like, and, uh, <laughs> got it at the old school stuff. That's where it comes down that, to. Like where it's like, you know, and like I watch and keep up, but yeah, that certain type of person that wants to act like they know what's going on and they yeah. don't know that I know what's going on. Like, cause I, I don't broadcast <laughs> what I do at like my normal life, you know? And, uh, <laughs> and so I'm just in my head. He's like, Oh, I hate this. Please get me out of here. Please find <laughs> me out of this place. So with the right person for professional wrestling, outside of that, I'd probably say Dungeons and Dragons. I got into that um, like a few years ago with a, a group that plays uh, here locally, and I just like immediately fell in love with it. Like I got it, like, and uh, so I could talk to the end of the earth about like the the stories of of what you've done and what you want to do, the characters you want to build. So uh, yeah, uh, I mean, 
I, I feel like there's a pretty big Venn diagram of like crossover between wrestling and D and D. I think there is. I think it's not as you know. I think on paper people would be like, oh, couldn't be more different. But when you really think about it, it's all just kind of like you know, living the gimmick in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, it's just uh, being able to step out of yourself and play somebody else, and and yeah. uh, they just you do it for a smaller audience. I think, but uh, <laughs> but I love it. I love seeing my friends that are. I know we're not maybe like outgoing as I am or like, you know, um, I don't know how to put it like uh, egomaniac as I am. I don't like, I, yeah. but uh, you know, come out of their shell through D and D and really like get, you know, uh, like flourish and, and be this big personality. It's so cool. Oh, it's, it's, it's the best. Uh, 28 favorite place you visited. This one, like, there's like two questions that I'm dreading, and this is one of them because it's like I know I feel like everybody's like, oh man, I went to like Monaco, and like, <laughs> and my answer is going to be so not fun. But the other <laughs> side of St. Louis, yeah. <laughs> uh, probably like we went to Vegas for Double or Nothing. Me and my friends road oh, trip yeah. to, to Vegas, and uh, that was super fun. Like, drove 24 hours straight through um and then it was just uh like we got there and they went to sleep and i was like i can't do that i'm in vegas like for yeah. the first time i'm going around and like um that was really i would like to go back I, I have a bad habit of like going to a place like that that's like stimulus overload and thinking i could do too much and then i look back and i'm like i didn't do any of that yeah. stuff like the <laughs> I main spent stuff, all of saturday at the blackjack table i didn't do anything i, like, I distinctly remember one night where i was like i want to see the bellagio fountain before i leave and we're staying mm. on like the very south end of the strip i was like i'm gonna walk the bellagio fountain and so i walk and i didn't realize how far that was so i get to a cvs and like i grab a beer and i'm walking down the street. i'm like i'm gonna i'm gonna drink out in public because that's the thing you can do here like can't do that at home yeah. and i finished the beer and i realized like now i'm buzzed and I'm tired, and there's like a mile to go. So I just turned around, got another beer at the same CVS, and went back to my hotel. <laughs> uh, classic <laughs> Vegas story. <laughs> Walking and having two beers and seeing nothing. I love it. Uh, uh, let's see, question 29. What's your catchphrase? Uh, so in wrestling, my, my catchphrase has developed uh, when I grab the microphone to do my like pre-match promo. I say, uh, I've got something on my mind and I'm going to say it out loud just to see how it feels, uh, which Ooh. is stolen from a Kanye West song. It's uh, uh, from. Oh, I, yeah. Wait a minute. I thought I, about killing you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> say it out loud. Uh, yes. Yes. And I stole once I stole a whole promo from that song, and then that just developed because I I started to develop my character around Kanye West. I listened to uh, the Dissect podcast. Have you ever listened to that? Oh yeah, no, they're fantastic. I, I listened to Dissect on my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, and I just like fell in love with that. Like I always liked his music, but that was what really made me fall in love with this like person, you know, this character that he is. Like yeah, and uh, I was like, man how cool is it that this is a person that is knows he's hated and knows that he can create something that will make people love him again. And I was like, what if I apply that to pro wrestling? And so that became my mindset of like, I'm so good. I know you hate me, but I know you have to love me too. And just started taking little bits and pieces from Kanye and uh, 
I came out, I did a promo and I, I used that. I, I said, I opened it up, interrupted this big main event of the return of St. Louis Anarchy after it had been away for a while. And uh, their like main guy is a guy named Gary J. He's like the man. And uh, whole place is on fire for him winning this, ma- this like crazy hardcore match. And I come out and I start doing the promo and I say, I got something on my mind. I'm going to say it out loud just to see how it feels. And I launch into this, into this promo and the trigger point for the guys to come out and attack was another line from that song was like uh something oh it was uh, i i uh i think of, I, I love you gary i love you i love st louis anarchy but i i think about killing myself and i love myself way more than i love you <laughs> so imagine what i'm willing to do to take this moment from you and my, my new stable came out and we like messed this dude up and stuff. Uh, so ever since then i've taken little bits and pieces from kanye and like tried to incorporate it into what i wear now instead of wearing a full suit i wear out slacks and it's some sort of like I, the shirt I've been wearing most recently is like, I feel like Pablo shirt. And, <laughs> and uh, I love it. I, I think a lot of people don't get it because I go by Greg Jesus Jovi hey, when I'm doing my manager and it's like spelled like Jesus. And uh, I get a lot of like Jesus you know, stuff like, and I'm like, that's not really where I'm going with it, but whatever makes you hate me, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, all right. No, that's, that's brilliant. I love it. <laughs> uh question 30 what's the best costume or cosplay you ever wore when i was like 19 20 there was a ludo show uh where they did a halloween like dress up deal and i went as the dude i had long uh, hair at the time yes i wore uh uh i had long hair so i like messed it all up i grew my beard out a little bit uh wore aviators uh and a bathrobe and these like just gross old printed shorts and white t-shirt like the uh scene when he's sitting on the toilet basically and, and the peeing <laughs> yeah. on his rug and uh my like the best compliment i got all night was i went up to the bar and the guy was like white russian and i was like hell yeah fuck <laughs> 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 the landing like, <laughs> <laughs> oh that's amazing uh question 31 have you ever had anything named after you um not to my knowledge okay. uh, might, maybe there's a, a jovi floating around out there um <laughs> somebody named their dog jovi so they could yell at it i, I don't know but um t- to my knowledge nothing at this time P- right. pending <laughs> yeah hey tomorrow's another day no. who knows uh 32 hobby you've dedicated the most time to like over the span of my life, probably video games, because that they, that came very very young. Like I was the yeah. kid that the brother had to unplug the <laughs> controller, so they thought he was playing when he really wasn't. Um, I mean, like over the entire span of my life, probably just in general, video games. Um, we I remember playing as a family, like all kind you know different stuff on the NES and things like that when I was young, and and it's just stuck with me. So now I don't game as much as I used to. But I'll buy like whatever the big one, big title is, and then like the sports titles and the wrestling titles, and and you know I'm good for four or five a year. Uh, Pokemon, yeah. you know, whatever. Like I, get, I play oh, yeah. the hit. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> um, you get Madden, you get FIFA, you get you know the Pokemon Call of Duty. Like that's all you, that's all you yeah. really need, you know. Close behind it is probably fantasy football. I love. I'm obsessed mm. with fantasy football. I because it's not year round. It probably takes a second. Um, but when it's on, I am like. Obviously, you're not like actively playing that, but 
like Monday through Sunday, I am looking up news or talking to somebody about something, trying to scheme a trade. Like I've checking that waiver wire. Something. I have, yeah. I've definitely spent way too many like work hours trying as, as my fictional job as the uh, general manager of the West Texas Rednecks. <laughs> is that what your fantasy team is called? It, yeah. It's the West Texas Rednecks. <laughs> ah, beautiful. <laughs> of course. Of course they are. Uh any old WCW reference. Uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh let's see. Question 33. Who's a celebrity you've had a crush on? Um celebrity I've had a crush on. I think the longest reigning celebrity crush I had was Anne Hathaway. Like um I was super in love with Anne Hathaway from like teen years to like late twenties. She had quite the reign. Uh and I don't know, man. Something about like pale skin and dark. Like I would have done well in the, the time period where like <laughs> like uh like the medieval days. Yeah, like where they would they would have like the little umbrellas, like <laughs> pale skin was like a show of like that you had money or something. Like yeah. I would have cleaned up then, I think. Like <laughs> I... <laughs> Amazing. Great choice. Great choice. Uh, 34. What's the strangest job you ever had? I haven't had any like really weird gigs. I guess it's strange to some people considering like what they know that I do, that I used to be in charge of children's lives for like a large portion of time. Yeah. Um, that was, that was interesting. I, uh, I wouldn't classify it as strange necessarily, but look, like looking back on the time of my life, I guess it was kind of odd, like 16 years old, I worked at a GameStop and like, we just had, I guess it was odd, not because of what I did, but we just had full reign of this place. Like I, I look back and it was very much like a teenage clerk situation. Like it was just mm. not like there were no rules for a portion of time. You got to check out video games and take them home. I remember one time, like, I'm sure the statute of limitations is off this. EA was probably not going to find my manager and, like, and cut his throat or anything. But we, like, cornered my manager and was like, the Madden launches in, like, two days. Can't we just take it home? Like, and we just bullied this poor man, this good <laughs> Christian man, into letting us take Madden home two days early. He was like, I, I better, you better unplug your Xbox Live. And, like, I don't, like, I don't even want that thing plugged in. I was like, dude, whatever. Like, <laughs> Yeah, we just had we had like this real weird reign of terror over this door, me and my group of friends. Like (laughs) But as a sixteen year old, that must be unbelievable. So dope. You just get anything and everything. Like Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) Uh let's see. Thirty five book you'd recommend the world to read. This is another one I've been dreading because I am stupid. I do not (laughs) really read enough at all i fully will admit that i'm a big dummy um i would say uh, and i don't read a lot of like fiction i uh you know fight club is one of the few fictional novels that i'm like in love with i love fight club um i would say um of the nonfiction stuff that i have read that i really really like uh nikki six's the heroin diaries is something that Ooh. I think if you're not a Motley Crue fan, you probably don't pick it up, but I would definitely suggest somebody do, you know, pick it up because it's so unique. Um, it's just the collection of these journals from him when he was like whacked out on heroin. And then there's commentary 
from the other people that were around this tornado of his oh, life wow. commenting on it and it's all this beautiful artwork too inside of it so like it's just this cool combination of real life journals um these snippets of how that affected other people's lives so it's a real look in i've always been very interested in uh like addiction and that was a, a offshoot one point i wanted to be an addiction counselor because i felt very strongly about it oh wow um, yeah. So to read that really gets, it gets you into the mind of like the addict and the, the people that are affected and the crazy stuff that he talks about seeing and things like that are all illustrated out in the book. So yeah, heroin diary is probably the best, uh, best recommendation I can give you. That sounds fascinating. Honestly, that sounds great. Uh, 36. What's a movie that always makes you laugh? I would say anytime the two, like the two goat Adam Sandler movies, uh, either Happy Gilmore or Billy Madison, if they're on TV, I'm watching them no matter what the entry point is. <laughs> and they're always going to make me laugh. Like, yeah, uh, I think that's it's just such a golden area era of like innocent comedy. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, so, so good. Because Adam um, Sandler Airheads, was only like, I don't even know if he was 21 by the time those movies came out. Yeah. Like, people don't realize how. Like they're like, oh, these movies are so childish. It's like, yeah, he was a child. <laughs> yeah, he was a child. <laughs> but like, he crushed it. Those are still his best too, for sure. Yeah. Like those, those two, and and uh, the other one that came to mind with thinking about Adam Sandler is Airheads. Uh, I love oh, Airheads. Great one. And That's the... another one. Anytime those three are on, like, this is super super fun. I laugh yeah. every time. Brendan Fraser's in that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's Brendan oh. Fraser. I I recently made my girlfriend watch it because she was binging Criminal Minds. And I couldn't place, I was like, who is this dude? Where do I know this guy from? And the radio DJ is like one of the top profilers on Criminal oh, really? And it blew my mind. I was like, we <laughs> have to watch Airheads now. See, I've never seen Criminal Minds. So now I'm like, I only know him from Airheads. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, you, it'll blow your mind. He's out there catching criminals and everything. He real, real, <laughs> real swift career choice. Yeah, wow. Bold choice there, man. <laughs> Love it uh 37 what's the worst movie you've ever seen so this might be i feel like this might be controversial because all of my nerd friends love this movie but i think and i also preface this by saying worst movie i feel like there has to be some sort of expectation involved Mm. like you know plan nine is bad but like it's fun bad and uh Somebody showed me a movie one time that was like like a dinosaur preacher or something and it was awful (laughs) Like, okay. but I knew it was gonna be awful going in. But I remember being really, really excited to watch Sucker Punch, and I went to the theaters. Oh yeah! And I was just like, "What the hell is this? Like, this is the most incoherent BS <laughs> I have ever paid ten dollars to watch in a theater." And uh, had I not been with a group of people, I probably would have just left. Like, I wow. And I know people love it, and I'm I like I will defend to your death your right to love it, but I <laughs> couldn't do it. Oh man, uh, thirty eight. Who's your favorite actor or actress? This is kind of a tough one because I feel like there's things where I really really like their performance in like two or three things, but then I can't say like oh man, I love their entire body of work. Yeah. Um, I think it, factoring in like how many of my favorite stuff that they're in um, and their range and things like that, probably, um, probably Bill Hader. Ooh. Like, yeah. 
I, I love his, his Saturday Night Live stuff is great, but then he goes on to make stuff like uh, The Skeleton Twins is a really, really good movie. Um, Documentary Now is so fun. Um, Barry, you know, it's like, I feel yeah, like he's done Barry a lot of... Barry, yeah. Yeah, so, so I, I, think, I think Bill Hader probably would be my answer. Great one. And a very small role in Hot Rod. Also yeah. very good. <laughs> very good in that. <laughs> Uh, love that movie. Uh, question 39. How cool was it in Jurassic Park when the raptors were running through the kitchen? It was so rad. It was so cool. The best. Uh, my buddy, the last time I watched it was on Memorial Day this year. Nice. And, uh, my buddy that we affectionately call Ground Tom, because the last time we all sat in a group, there was, <laughs> uh, he sat on the ground and we had a guy that sat in a chair and his name was also Tom. So we got Chair Tom and Ground Tom. And uh, Ground Tom decided his pandemic hobby was going to be digitizing VHS tapes. So he found all of his favorite childhood movies and was getting that grainy, fun texture into digitizing them. And uh, so he had like a watch party for the digitized VHS version of (laughs) Jurassic Park Park on Memorial Day. And he handed out poppers to us. And he, his only wish and instruction for this entire party was that at the end, when the banner falls down and like victoriously, oh, we yeah. were all to blow our poppers in his living room. <laughs> this rules. I'm it a was fan a really sick tone. Memorial Day. Yeah. <laughs> and if I may direct your attention right here, this is a uh, commercial vhs player slash vcr that i also purchased during the pandemic to do the exact same thing (laughs) hell yeah (laughs) Uh, because it turns out like just going to a thrift store and buying like one of those like you know vcrs they made in like 1995 that were only designed to live for two years and then just naturally wear down (laughs) just don't work anymore so i had to go on ebay and get this industrial strength commercial uh, vcr basically and now it works perfectly and i can watch everything anything digitize it all it's a beautiful thing i might turn old ground tom onto that because yeah he definitely he was like frankenstein parts together to try and get these things to work and dude for like two months i was a complete psychopath to all my friends because i was like <laughs> do any of you have a vcr player <laughs> like, no of course we don't it's, it's 2020 yeah. like no <laughs> like Uh, every thrift store i'm walking out with three vcrs for five bucks but none of them work like oh my god it was it was maddening but yeah get a nice industrial strength one on on ebay commercial uh strength or whatever works perfect (laughs) tip to the tip to the vcr collector uh question 40 first show as a kid you got really into I watched a lot of Golden Girls with my mom. Uh, so I got, I did really like the Golden Girls. Excellent. Um, Excellent. I remember that one. I also remember, I, this is, uh, this is going to be like the card game thing. I could not produce a name to this show, but I remember um, a show that aired like fairly late, at least for my tiny body, like a four or five years old. <laughs> okay. Uh, it was like some sort of game show where the contestants were all cowboys, like, and they had like little paint guns. And I just remember there was like all these different uh, like scenarios. Like one ga- one game was like they're getting drugged behind a horse, and whoever can hang on the longest uh, won that round. And then like the final scene was huh. like them going through a town and shooting 
cowboys with these paint guns and like rescuing somebody at the end and they got a prize it was the dopest thing and i hope it wasn't just a fever dream that i had (laughs) at five years old but i remember being super into that enough that like i made my parents buy me a cap gun and a little cowboy hat and stuff that's amazing i i've (laughs) I've, i can promise you i've never seen or heard of this show um it might have just been in some sort of hallucination sounds pretty rad either way uh Question 41, who should play you in a movie of your life? So back when I had long hair, I used to get every guy with a long hair and a beard ever. Yeah. Like you'd get, I looked like Chris Hero. I got uh, uh, Kid Rock. I got, you'd get Jesus every once in a while. And I was like, nothing like Jesus. <laughs> um, the only one that's crossed over from short hair to lo- long hair to short hair, Greg, um, is and I say this not to be vain. I think it's a very passing resemblance, maybe Chris Hemsworth, but I also have never heard him not speak in like as Thor. Mm. So, I mean, uh, I, I could see it a little bit though. I, yeah. It's like the swoopy hair gimmick and the beard. Yeah. Like, it's that's really it. Like after that, the, the, there, the, the similarities are gone. Like, uh, you get one of the Hemsworths on it. He's got a couple brothers, I think. Yeah, that's right? uglier Hemsworth. The, the, <laughs> the ugliest Hemsworth. And he's got to be on a strict diet of like Casey's Donuts and Hot Pockets for a little while. And then he can play me in the life, in my, my movie about my life. I just like the idea of the movie poster advertising it as <laughs> the, the ugliest Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, <laughs> question 42. Who's the biggest celebrity you ever met in person? Um, fame, famous wise, it's probably a wrestler at some point. Um, at like an autograph signing, we met CM Punk. He's probably the most famous person that I've met, but that That's was a there. really, really like, touch, you know, like is it, you're in line and you get a thing signed. I remember we drove 24 hours from the, the Midwest to florida for wrestlemania 24 i guess that was okay and our when we got when we got to florida he was doing an autograph signing and so then we stood in we were in a car for 24 hours in line (laughs) for probably two to three and somewhere along the line we got this idea that that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna throw myself into this i was in a car with like six other people i didn't do this but a few people put war paint on for the drive and then forgot about it when we got in the line to go meet cm punk so he looks up at my friend jason and he goes he's like hey yeah thanks uh thanks for coming what is on your face and that's like our story with cm punk um i'd say longer than the than being like yelled at about what's on our faces uh it's probably a tie then between um i've worked a match with uh haku uh I got to yeah. take the tongue and death grip. It was amazing. Like that's amazing. Uh, they, they called me up the week. I didn't know the ma- that I was going to be in the match. It was uh, again for that NWL company in Kansas City, and a buddy of mine was like, "Dude, congrats on on the match!" And I was like, "What?" And he goes, uh, "Oh yeah, Ming and the Barbarian." And I go, "Oh yeah," because two of my buddies were wrestling them the night before at the non television taping show, and then we were going to do like a TV taping show, and that's where and unbeknownst to me, that's what he was congratulating me on was being in that. Uh, Matt, oh yeah it was horrifying they are every bit as big and scary as you would imagine that they are 
And the first thing that they, I get called from the promoter on the way there. And he's like, yeah, how do you feel about taking the tongue and death grip to end it? And I was like, hell yes. that is." <laughs> and uh, it's like, get there. They start pitching and they're super cool though. Like, and uh, I remember Barbarian pitching this whole big thing for the end to get me into the death grip where like, he was like working, a, like working with me. And I was like, <laughs> I tried in my head, I'm going, how do I get out of doing this? Cause like, I got a bum neck. Like I'm, I can wrestle some, but like, I'm not going to go in there and throw hands at the barbarian. Yeah, no. And this... uh, so I was like, it's kind of disrespectful for me, a lonely manager to try and fight you, Mr. Barbarian. <laughs> and so somehow good we, humble, we worked it into where he just like grabbed me by the head and threw me into the tongue and death grip. But I remember Ming being like, grab my wrist because otherwise like, Oh, That's, he doesn't know like how how much pressure or whatever. He was like, "I'm coming for you, so you gotta fend me off." And I like lit uh, lifted up to sell for a second, and yep, he like dove into my neck. I was like, "Okay, yep, all right, grab the wrist, grab the wrist." <laughs> and the, I remember that from that match. And then the guys that I was managing were putting the match together, and Ming keeps forgetting about some kick, and so eventually he's like, "Scrap it, I'll just do something to you." Well, something was just shoot pile driving him like. <laughs> Did not call a spot, did not tell him what was coming. He just did everything up to the spot where that was going to happen and then stuffed him under and just drove him headfirst into the ground. (laughs) (laughs) It was wild, yeah. Being in the Barbarian, uh, those are top ones. Or Gangrel. I booked Gangrel. Oh, yeah. So I don't know who's more famous out of those guys, but... uh, but Gangrel, uh, owned by White Wolf Industries, I booked <laughs> booked him one time for a show, and, and he was like the nicest dude too. He, uh, uh, we bought I, like it's such a weird deal. You pick this guy up from the airport you never met, and you're just like, I, yeah, I'm here for the vampire. Like, <laughs> it's just a sign that says fanging and banging. It's just like <laughs> he uh... clearly stands out in a crowd too. Yeah. Like just regular people coming in off the plane, and then there's Gangrel, <laughs> and. Uh, and we drive him back. We ate taco, or no, we ate uh, Jack in the Box together in the car. And he was like super excited that I bought it for him. He was like, and so then later on, I dry, pick him up for the venue. He was like determined to buy me something. So he stopped and bought me an energy drink. And there was like some backyard fed running in the same town. And he was like, they run in the same night as you. And you'd have thought I'd been booking this guy for 10 years. He was like, man, it'd be a real shame if somebody went and stole their ring running in the same town as you. And I was like, Jesus, Gangrel's like, yeah down like <laughs> <laughs> burn down the competition this guy is hardcore yeah that was those are the two fun experiences i had with like famous-ish people i guess oh i love it because <laughs> and I, I assume with the with, with haku and all that because the tales of his like heyday are, are yeah. legendary of him like biting people's noses off and ripping eyes out and you know, taking nine tasers to the chest and still just <laughs> fighting off 15 guys. Like, I assume none of that went down. He's, like, you know, other than a, a legit pile driver or somebody. <laughs> it's, it's fairly docile outside of that. But like, okay. But yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it was wild to, to think about all that. So like, just like, never have I been in the presence of two people that I've just like, they could crush me. Like, <laughs> With wow. their bare hands, they could crush me. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. These guys are <laughs> legends for a reason. Like, yeah. Uh, let's see. 43 TV show or podcast that you love, but you don't think anyone else knows about. Hmm. 
I dropped uh, Documentary Now earlier. I don't feel like a lot of people know that. It's like a real niche uh, show where I think it's like John Mulaney, Bill Hader, and Seth Meyers are all involved, maybe. Yeah. And uh, and they do those, uh, they like mockumentaries of, of famous, docu- famous documentaries. Um, that's probably the most obscure show that I really, really am into. Uh, if we could expand it to movies, I would say there's a net uh, movie that I discovered on Netflix like years ago, like when you're they were sending you discs uh, called the the Boys and Girls Guide to Getting Down, and it's hmm. like this really odd comedy where it is a inf- it's presented as an informational piece of like how to go out and party, and it's just these like insane like there's a little bit of a narrative but not really it's just almost a lot of skits about wow. like how to have the best night out but it's like clearly being funny like I, I the one i reference all the time is they talk about they cut away to how bouncers are like trained and bred and it's this uh <laughs> like classroom of bouncers just talking about how they throw people out and then they talk about how there's a class of bouncers uh, they talk about how many neck rolls is like what displays <laughs> the power of a bouncer and that the the most famed and fabled of bouncers and most respected in the industry are the four hot dog bouncers. Neck <laughs> <laughs> rolls look like four hot dogs. This sounds amazing. I've <laughs> never once even heard of this. I almost described I described it to somebody as like the Hitchhiker's Guide for uh, uh, to, to the Galaxy, but for like drinking and doing cocaine. It's the weirdest, the weirdest thing. And for somebody who was straight edge until they were like twenty eight. I don't know why I was watching this as a kid. Like, <laughs> God, it just was so funny to me. <laughs> that's amazing. That's that's a deep cut. I like it. Uh, question forty four. Favorite comedian. I the comedy is like the one thing that you can love. Whatever type of music you want, like movies. And I get real snobby about comedy. Mm. So, like, that's a real. Uh, that's a sort of a tough one for me. Um, Probably Paul F. Tompkins. Like, yeah. Like, I, cause I love John Mulaney stuff. Like, he's just surgical. He's so good. But I almost feel like he's a better writer or as good of a writer. Like, I to pigeonhole him into a comedian, I think he's bigger than that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I would go down to, I love, he, is, he has two CDs that are just, like, laugh out funny, loud funny the whole way through. And he's so obscure. Like, yeah. Like, it just speaks directly to my weird sense of humor. So I'll, I'll say Paul F. Thompson. It's a great choice. Uh, 45, best Saturday Night Live cast member. This one's in the semantic because my favorite is Norm MacDonald. But the question is not who is your favorite SNL cast member. Oh, because as much as I love Norm MacDonald, yeah, he was miserable on that show. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like he was great on Weekend Update, and then did nothing else basically. Yeah, the and only like, other handful of I can really remember, like, like obviously there's like uh, Celebrity Jeopardy, Weekend Update, of course, yeah, and then there's one really weird one that I remember he did with Farley and a couple other people where they all were. It was them, they're all their last seasons. And so they wrote this sketch of them jumping into a polar bear enclosure as like, Oh, their... that's right. Yeah. That was <laughs> like their, so their write off or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I, my favorite bit from that is he, uh, Farley's like, ah, oh, he tore his head off. Like so much volleyball. And Norm goes, what are you? The mighty Thor who talks like that? <laughs> <laughs> and, 
so I, but so yes, yeah, I don't think he's the best one. I think it has to go to somebody with like super longevity. So probably Will Ferrell. Like Will Ferrell yeah. was on there for a long time. He had so many classic sketches. Like, um, yeah, it's you know probably like a dumb guy popular answer. It's like saying like who's the best rock band in the world, Nickelback. But like, <laughs> ah man, like no Farrell's stuff is still classic like yeah truly he has at least a baker's dozen sketches that are still funny yeah like as funny as you know as they were in the past it's it's a it's a great choice i mean he was he's you know he was one of the biggest comedy actors on the planet for a reason you know underrated no one ever is gonna say him either but daryl hammond was on the show for like what 73 years like yes correct. <laughs> and, and was always solid like you never were like oh that's a weak sketch from hammond like he, <laughs> he, he was always solid so i think he's honorable mention to daryl hammond oh for sure you know what's crazy about daryl hammond is technically he's still on the show yeah but all he does is he does the announcing because it used oh. to be don pardo that really like old school classic NBC announcer but he passed away maybe five ten years ago something like that and Daryl Hammond just does a dead on Don Pardo impression so they were like do you just want to do this and so now Daryl Hammond is the announcer at the front and front of the show you know you just blew my mind I had no idea like I assumed someone had to step in because like that guy was old when I was a kid so I was like (laughs) certainly he has passed on yeah like but (laughs) But yeah, I had no idea. That's awesome. Yeah, like, like good for him. Because really, all you're doing is that intro at the beginning, you know, run through the cast members, ladies and gentlemen, whoever. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're done for the night. Like, yeah. you know, uh, good on him. Uh, 46, what's the nerdiest thing you've ever done? I don't, you know, Dungeons and Dragons has became so mainstream. I don't think you can say Dungeons and Dragons anymore. Like at one point, maybe that was it. Um, I, along with a a close group of friends, developed and played for probably like 12 or 13 seasons, a fantasy pro wrestling game. Oh. So like fantasy football or hockey or whatever. And, uh, it was like a six team league with me and my friends. Um, we do the, we draft people from Raw and SmackDown. And then we had like uh, an appearance was one point. Uh, um, you, you win a match by DQ was one point by pinfall two submission three gimmick victory is four. Like you win a Royal <laughs> Rumble or something. Yeah. And uh, over the years, we like had this tome of rules and we had such a blast with that thing imagine yeah it was definitely very nerdy to like develop a system a game system from the ground up i think (laughs) you know yes i can't deny that (laughs) but at the same time if someone was just like oh yeah there's an app on your phone like me and a couple buddies could download and join a a, a pro wrestling fantasy league i'm in i'm absolutely in wwe tried it at one point and the thing that they lost about fantasy was that it's so much better head-to-head or that you know a group of friends talking trash yeah like, i don't i don't care about like, randos online you know yeah I mean? like yeah and, and so uh that was the our system was like you you booked a card basically so you had each match was weighted by a certain amount of points so you'd have your main eventer you'd book a tag team three mid carters and an opener and it was like the higher up the card you got the more that match meant and so 
it was weighted to those big guys at the end. So you'd always want your guy that was going to score the most points in your main event. And then you'd stack the rest of your card out from there. Okay. And they'd play each other and whoever won the, you know, most weighted matches won the, won the night. And, uh, I don't know. It was, it was interesting. Like we had a ton of, like we probably would be so much fun now, but we're like adults and like everybody that played there has like wives and children, (laughs) but there's so much wrestling out there now. Yeah. It probably would be so much more fun to play now, but so yeah, if anybody wants the, we call it faction wars. Anybody wants the faction wars rules, hit me up. I'm sure I can find the, the tome of, of rules somewhere. Uh, this will be great. <laughs> this becomes your legacy. This is what it all spins off into. Yeah. <laughs> uh, question 47, least favorite state. So I know there's a lot. I have a lot of friends from the state and like, I know there's really cool parts of it, but from my personal experience, Texas, like, mm. I, like I know Austin is dope and like, I'm sure there's great spots, but we did two, two WrestleManias down there, I think. Um, no, we did one. We went to Houston. Okay. And I'll never forget the experience as like a left-wing Midwesterner being <laughs> at – we went to a Ring of Honor show at a convention center that was in the same uh, like block of like, – of I guess, you know, a convention center had different rooms. Ring yeah. of Honor is in one room. A giant – guns and ammunition show is in the adjacent room and i go outside with my friend to smoke and there's people walking down the street with an ak-47 and like a like literal wheelbarrow full of ammunition and i was just like this is not the place for me (laughs) yeah i'm not (laughs) i wouldn't feel super comfortable there i feel uncomfortable here um so yeah i i remember that and it's just a long to drive through like i you know, we, we did this pilgrimage to WrestleMania every year for a few years. And uh, that year specifically, I, I remember like driving through Oklahoma. We stop at JR's barbecue restaurant. Oh, like nice. we've been in the car for 12, 14 hours, but we're still like cutting up. We have like seven people with us. It's great. Yeah. And we get into Texas and you're like, hell yeah, man, we're in Texas. We're going to Texas. Certainly we are close. No, I'm going to the direct bottom of Texas all the way down. Which is Galveston. probably another... 12 hours or it something. was a, an awful revelation to have and i think it soiled a bit of the state for me and that's uh yeah that was awful driving through nebraska is also the worst too like that's just like god tornadoes are made there and nothing else like what are we doing <laughs> nebraska why are you a thing uh your game up nebraska come on <laughs> uh question 48 Best thing you've ever won. Best thing that I've ever won. Um, oh, I have a signed DJ Oshi jersey that uh, I won in this really cool experience. I was at a Blues game, and uh, they came on before, and they do the thing you know that you just assume it's some sort of like gag to get your phone number, where they're like, text this number, and you could win an autographed puck and an autographed jersey, and. Yep. So I texted at the start of the game and like second period, I'm getting these phone calls from the St. Louis area code and I live on the Illinois side. So I have different area code. And I'm thinking like, who is, I don't know anybody who is calling me over and over again. And finally at the fifth time I answered it and they go, we were going to call Like I didn't even get a hello. They go, we were going to stop calling. <laughs> and uh, I go, who is this? And they're like this, we're I'm uh, at the courtesy desk down here. You won the signed game puck. 
so you have to meet us down here at this time um and you'll win the puck well it was a zero zero tie like and you had to be down there before the end of the third period so i go down there as much as i didn't want to and you know i hear the game winning goal happen as i'm leaving i'm like ah and so that's the worst but turns out like i'm standing there and the because it was such a close game the jersey guy never showed up so they go well i guess you win the jersey now so they take you down this like bat cave corridor down and the, where they ended up they pull us through to the i get to a door and then i hear like the celebration music going on outside and that's when they say okay you can go in and you go to the certain point and i'm standing and i don't really recognize where i'm at and the next day i know ken hitchcock was a coach at the time and he comes waddling through and uh <laughs> and <laughs> And I was like, oh, man, that's, and it was where the players were exiting. And so, again, like, I'm thinking when they say you're going to win a signed jersey, I figured you just, like, it gets stamped by, like, you know, yeah. Barrett Jackman or whatever, like, the worst <laughs> player is at the time. And you, But they pulled TJ Oshie out of the lineup coming back, and he gives us the jersey off his back. Whoa! Signs it, takes a picture with us, and, like, I have that framed in a shadow box now. It was one of the coolest experiences ever because it was just, like, it just got better and better as, uh, as it went through. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was wild. Like, it was super nice. And, uh, yeah, that was it was really, really fun. Like, not at all what I expected when they said, you, oh, you want a jersey. Like, no, I would have assumed, like, oh, you know, 12 hours earlier, they just had a bunch of players. Exactly. You know, Here's 50 jerseys. <laughs> just sign them in a row. We'll hand them out to whoever. Like yeah. the, literally the one off his back. That's that's <laughs> amazing. Yeah, it was, it was super super cool. Oh man. Uh, question forty nine. Is there anything you've collected or had a collection of? I don't really collect anything currently. I had a recent um fit of like ah every city I go to I'm gonna get a hat from their sports team, mm. and then I went to Chicago right after I had that thought, and I was like I'm gonna get a White Sox hat, and then I realized I was in North Chicago. So I got a Cubs hat and that's the only place I did it at. <laughs> oh no, I know. I went to Vegas and I got a Golden Knights hat and then, okay. and then I immediately stopped. No other place have I done it. A collection of two. <laughs> I can blame it on the pandemic, but I've definitely gone places and not bought hats. Uh, so that's, I failed on that one. But I do have a pretty extensive uh, hockey collection, hockey card collection from when I was a kid. That was me and my dad's thing. Oh, it would go nice. down to the local card shop and buy packs of tops or whatever and uh and, and try and find cool rare ones and things like that so i've got somewhere in my parents basement just stacks and stacks of, of hockey cards so uh oh, that's awesome. we, we, yeah, that was dope at the time i i lost my collecting prowess i guess <laughs> uh question 50 dub the ryan davis last of the fighting questions you're in a fight to the death with another person equal to your size you're offered either an aluminum baseball bat or a six-inch non-serrated knife. Knowing the other weapon you don't choose goes to your opponent. Which do you choose, knife or bat? So, I know you're firmly team knife. Uh, I'm aware of this about you. This is um, me. This is just me. <laughs> I, I understand the knife argument. I think, and I think, you know, if I was like give, like some other person, I'd be like, brother, you want the knife. But I know my reflexes and they are terrible. So like, <laughs> I feel like I would have to dodge amount, an amount of bat hits that I'm not comfortable having to dodge before I'd get in close to start stabbing. Okay. And so 
I think knowing my, knowing my body the way that I do, I think I'd have to go bat and hope that I could uh, that I could just get him down before they get to me, or that I could suffer a, a fair amount of stab wounds. I, I, <laughs> I, I think the one thing that I would do as I've as I've uh, talked about the scenario in my head is I would swing down uh, with the bat, Ooh, like guys coming at me, rather than like trying to tee off because he could just duck. I think I'm getting a piece of him if I swing down. And maybe even if he tries to dodge out of the way, maybe I hit his hands. I knock the knife out of his hands or something. So I'm trying to come at him like the mighty Thor and just come down with it. Uh, and I think that's my best chance of survival. I like it. Whichever, whichever Hemsworth was Thor, you're, you're, you're coming down with it. I like it. I'm going to make him into the ugliest Hemsworth with this bat. <laughs> Well, Bob is out of the room right now, but we need to finish this mid-roll recording. So I'm actually Bob's twin brother, Roberto, and I'm here to tell you about the wonderful people who do the music for this show. Uh, at least I hear they're wonderful. I don't really listen much, but um, like the song you're hearing now, I've heard, is from the Mini Vandals. Uh, the song that's going to play after break is from DJ Williams. The opener is from Diala. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. And the closing song is from Single Friend. I guess, like, I, again, I don't, I don't really know. Um, and yeah, it just, I just keep seeing around like, rate review, real wax vet. Apparently, that's a phone number you can call and leave a message for. Again, I'm not really a huge fan. Um, but yeah, this is Roberto telling you to listen to the rest of the show if you want. We got one more thing before we get back to the show. Something brand new, something I'm very excited about. The 99 Questions Hotline? Hotline. Sure, that's what we're going to go with. I created a phone number for you to call. You can leave me a voicemail. If you have questions for me, if you have questions about the show, if you have questions for future guests, you can call in, leave a voicemail, and your voice might be the one actually asking the question live on the show. Well, not live, it's pre-recorded. But you know what I mean. I got the number right here. 732-592-9838. That spells out Real Wax Vet. That's right. Real Wax Vet. Like a veterinarian who's really made of wax. I don't know. All the good numbers are taken, so this is the closest one I could get. Real Wax Vet. One more time, that's 732-592-9838. Give it a call, leave a message, have a great day. Obviously, uh, you you are uh, involved in the ranks uh, and the truly insane world of professional wrestling. Uh, I know a lot of people don't remember, uh, just from conversations I've had with people, they don't really remember how they got into it. Sometimes it's just like, it was just on TV. But like, do you actually 
obviously, you know, you said this is something you've wanted to be since you were a little kid. Can you actually remember what got you into it? Like those, those super early defining memories of like, yeah, this is, I'm a fan now that has clearly ridden you out, you know, X amount of years. I, I do. I think I have more of a, you know, maybe not at the exact moment, but like, uh, as a child, it was me and my dad's like, my dad called it male bonding time. We'd watch like, <laughs> uh, uh, WWF superstars on Sunday mornings, you know? Yeah. And so like, and I idolized my father. You still do. Like, I just think it was like, okay, he was the coolest dude. So this is obviously cool. Um, and I remember a little bit of a game changer being, uh, his, one of his friends, uh, that was like a real close family friend bought me my first set of action figures. He bought me a Bret Hart and uh, like gold dust action figures. Yeah. And that was, that set it off for me because then like I needed the ring and I needed more wrestlers and I would try and I'd book out shows ahead of time. And I kind of realized I was like, I like this part of it, you know, the more, and the more I learned about what that part of it was, the more I realized like, I like the, I don't really want to get punched in the face all that often. I like the, I like building the stories and stuff like that. And then, uh, uh, the big, the big turning point too was Sean, uh, uh, Sean Michaels, like the DX run that time it was white hot. You know, I was a WWF kid and seeing his stuff. Like, I think he affirmed to me, like what a cool dude was like, for a long period like i had long hair because of sean michaels i kept like a short like gruff beard <laughs> because of that era Sean michaels like yeah i i built my life around sean michaels to an extent like i don't think i cut my hair until he did i was like, <laughs> like I, think that was, I don't know if it was a, I, if, if it was just the universe putting those two things together but um coincident i think uh, not <laughs> that was that was uh those are the moments you became a like a fan you know and then I remember I even remember the moment that I realized like it was something that I not that I wanted to do but that I could do we uh I've talked a little bit before about uh doing the pilgrimages to Wrestlemania and one time we went to Wrestlemania 25 and we went to their like access the big like party before where they have different booths and you can meet people and one of the booths they had was you could call a match with a real uh like real play-by-play person oh. we stood in line forever to call a match with jim ross and somehow i forget who what happened but we ended up jumping out of that line to go meet somebody that we really wanted to meet and then i went back and it was michael cole and i'm so glad that i did because my buddy stuck and did it with, with jim ross and god bless his heart he's the greatest of all time he did not give a crap about doing that like you heard on the you heard on the tape <laughs> ross was over it but cole was super cool and I sat down to him and I go, man, I, I've always had a dream of being like the heel manager or heel play-by-play guy. And he was like, nope, that's what you paid money for, man. Let's do it. And I called this match with Cole and he, like, I'm, I, he's just lobbing me softballs and I'm knocking them out. And I remember I get up and I see to the corner of my eye, Josh Matthews is there. And he, I guess he's going to take over for Cole. And he's laughing. He goes, man, did you get a word in edgewise to Cole? <laughs> and he was like, I don't know. You know, he kind of like motioned at me. He was like, he did a good job. And I walked away and my friends had got a picture of not only Cole laughing, Matthews laughing, but uh, in between them is Joey Styles. And they're all like laughing and engaged in what I was doing. And I was like, 
I don't think everybody did that. Like, you know, I don't think yeah. every person that sat down was able to do that. <laughs> and uh, that was the moment I was kind of like, maybe this could be real. Maybe I could find a way to do this, you know? That's amazing. <laughs> that is, uh, that's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, not every Joe Schmo walking in there made those three, at least two and a half, announcing <laughs> legends uh sorry <laughs> Good, but you know what i mean uh uh made them crack up there so that's 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 incredible uh that's the one thing i still haven't done i've been to a wrestlemania i've been to hall of fame i've i've, I've kind of ran the gamut because obviously they had the one in well they said new york it was new jersey yeah clearly <laughs> new jersey we were in new jersey with a giant statue <laughs> of liberty it was like really all right um but I've, I've still never done access that was the one thing uh we didn't get to do though i will say hall of fame the night before that that new new york new jersey wrestlemania uh seeing my favorite of all time is mick foley going yeah. seeing him get put in terry funk inducting him bruno sammartino uh chris stratus booker t bob backland like that was legendary dude like that... that's an awesome lineup i oh. i went to one um, and, and like, it was kind of weak for me because it was like, uh, you had Eddie Guerrero, which is great, but obviously Eddie's not there. Yeah. Um, and the headliner was Bret Hart. And as a Shawn Michaels kid, I am obligated to hate Bret Hart. Like that's, <laughs> you that's, pick a, that's yeah. a firm stance you make as a child of the nineties. Like, and so, uh, while I respect everything he did, bleh, um, <laughs> 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 yeah, it was a tough one for me to sit through. And then the next year we had tickets to it. And it was Dusty Rhodes. And I do wish I would have went to that one. But that was another, like, kind of pivotal moment for me was we skipped that show and we went to Ring of Honor that night. And the main event was Jimmy Jacobs versus BJ Whitmer in a cage match. And that culminated what, in my opinion, is the best story ever told in the wrestling ring. It was Jimmy Jacobs uh, and Lacey was his manager. And it told the story of him being like a young punk emo kid. They yeah. just wanted her love, and then he finally gets it. He beats B.J. Whitmer in this bloody, nasty cage match, and they do a series of vignettes where he realizes, like, I thought this was everything, and it's nothing. And he starts this, like, anti-society stable uh, because he found this. He got what he wanted, and it still didn't make him feel fulfilled. And uh, just, I love that storyline. And so watching that going down, and then later on, our first year, um, our big championship show that we held uh, was uh, like the serendipitous moment where Jimmy Jacobs got to be on the show last minute. And oh, so wow. it was like, man, that was this huge point of my fandom. And now here I am standing in the ring next to him. Like, um, so that was, that was super, super cool. It was worth skipping Dusty's. <laughs> Dusty's <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Uh, absolutely amazing. Uh but hey, we could talk wrestling all day, and I could show you my cool uh, signed Mister Sacco from from McFoley. Oh and, hell yeah! And <laughs> also one of my favorites, uh, signed uh, Terry Funk ECW armband. Oh amazing! Uh, I uh, oh come on, <laughs> but it's not about that. It's not about. That. We got more questions to go through here. Uh, like this one, question fifty-one. What's your phone wallpaper right now? Uh, it is a picture of my adorable Beagle Shih Tzu Bailey, oh. who I cannot believe has gone this far without trying to beat the door down. Like, <laughs> if it sounds like a 
like a, a riot squad is trying to come get me it's because she has decided she wants a second dinner so uh, <laughs> but yeah it's a it's a really cute little picture of her um she's wearing a little bandana and she's just amazing she's my heart and soul she is oh. a tiny little baby <laughs> you love it you love to see it uh 52 what's the last thing you googled um let's check her out it might have been that card game but <laughs> i couldn't even figure out what to uh... <laughs> um it was the lyrics to never abandon your family by kanye west i told you that would be a theme <laughs> uh, yeah it certainly uh, is it was that and then i i right before that googled what happened to evander kane because i saw somebody say who's crazier evander kane or uh antonio brown and i was like what did evander kane do that puts him on antonio brown's level yeah um, that's so that was my google foo in today Nice. Uh, 53. You have to name your next pet without seeing them. What do you name them? Man. Gotta be like a... I've always dreamed of having a pug named Frank, but I think that's... It's gotta be a pug then. I can't see him, so... um, (laughs) I'd probably go something like... I don't know. Something weird. I've always wanted a, a dog named Jericho. I think that's fairly fairly gender neutral and like species neutral like a cat or a dog <laughs> named jericho that all works like yeah totally okay, i'll go jericho that that's cool. a good one and yeah if it is some big dog or or it's more ironic if it's like a tiny little poodle or something like <laughs> great either way uh 54 what professional wrestler would you compare yourself to um I guess, like I said, I get called. I've gotten called a second-rate Paul Heyman, and I guess that if I, I'll take that. That's an honor. Um, yeah, I think that's that's probably the best we're gonna get. <laughs> <laughs> Me putting myself over, calling myself. Uh, Fifty-five. What's your comfort food on a bad day? Um, I live dangerously close to like one of those local soft serve ice cream places. Uh, and so if I'm having uh, an awful day, I'll cruise there on the way home. You have a drive through That's even worse. I don't oh, even have to spend the calories of getting out of my car. <laughs> um, and I'll get like a, their medium is like the size of my head. And I trick myself into not believing that every time. Like I'm just picking a medium. And then uh, a medium concrete with cookie dough and Oreo and vanilla ice cream. And I just eat that till the sadness goes away. <laughs> sounds, maybe I'm just hungry. That sounds amazing <laughs> right now. Uh, 56. Favorite smell? Um, that smell like after a summer rain. Like, mm. I guess it's just like wet concrete. But like that, <laughs> that's that like wet street, wet sidewalk smell. I don't know what it is about me or what like that triggers but i love that smell yeah yeah there's there's some sort of weird like ozone in the air combined with dew combined with i don't know that yeah there's i could pick it out of a lineup you know what yeah. i mean i couldn't tell you what it is but i i'd know it if i was there and i feel like i'm always chasing it like i'll go to yankee candle and they'll be like summer rain and i'm like that's not it at all you're wrong yankee candle you did a bad job <laughs> uh 57 best candy uh i think seasonal reese's peanut butter cups it's like reese's peanut butter cups rule but seasonal ones are the jam it's the perfect mix like 
Mm. <laughs> that comes up so often on this show. <laughs> this is at least the third time that exact answer of seasonal Reese's Cups comes up. Uh, I, I I can't argue it. It's great. They uh, even tried to recreate the magic with the Reese's Big Cup, but something about it being in the shape of a Christmas tree just still yeah. is the best. It's the ratio. Because yeah. like when they change it to a pumpkin or a Christmas tree or something like it's still like thin chocolate yeah. and a good amount of the filling. But when you get the big cup, it's like an inch and a half of chocolate on the outside. Yeah. It's like, it's too thick. So <laughs> they're not, uh, you got to get the ratios down. Uh, 58 worst candy. I think it's gotta be black licorice, right? Like that tastes like death and sadness. Like I think I'd rather, if somebody was like, I'll give you black licorice or I'll kick you in the balls. I think I'd just rather them kick me in the balls. <laughs> like, because at least the black licorice is multiple bites, you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's kind of like a band-aid done. effect. Yeah, it's one of those. <laughs> I, yeah, but th- that that question is just say the word black licorice. Like it's the worst. <laughs> it's absolutely the worst. Uh, Fifty nine. What's a restaurant you would recommend? Uh, so my good friends uh, that turned me on to this show and helped promote uh, PWCS with me. Uh, his name is Jason. He lives in Des Moines, Iowa. And you would not think that that would necessarily be like a budding cultural town, but they have a lot of really cool uh, places to eat there. And I think my favorite is a pizza and Asian fusion restaurant called Fong's Pizza. And they have a crab ragoon pizza. They have um, like a sweet and sour chicken pizza. Um, I've gotten killing me here. I'm sorry. Oh my God, this sounds good. Uh, I had a teriyaki chicken one one time, and, and so yeah, it's and then they do like egg rolls, but with pizza gimmick inside. Um, Ooh, man, are, oh it's, man, it's really really cool, it's, and that, there's nothing like it anywhere around me. So I, I say, would they I deliver to there. New Jersey? <laughs> yeah, 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 can, I get a, can I get a frozen thong <laughs> delivered across the? <laughs> is, what's what's the city in it? Uh, uh, Des Moines, Iowa. Des Moines, Iowa. Yeah, wow, it's a, it's a local place. They got like two or three. Uh, places there now but it used to just be one little hole in the wall place when he first started to take me and uh yeah it's it's super super good there's a lot of really cool little restaurants there there's a place called zombie burger that's really famous it's like a horror zombie artery clogging burger place um yeah yeah, he's taking me some really fun like out there spots that i wouldn't expect but king of des moines is fong's pizza Uh, i know this guy has good taste he's a fan of the show Uh, (laughs) this place also sounds phenomenal (laughs) uh question 60 what's a food you've never eaten i'm trying to think of of something that's like normal that i've never eaten because i mean there's the obvious like i've never eaten like bugs or like i'm not (laughs) anthony bourdain you know like um so i'm trying to think of something that's fairly normal that i just don't think i've ever had i don't think i've ever bitten into like a fresh pear like I, oh. I think i've had like pears in the juice but like i've never just like ah you know what sounds good i'm gonna wash off this pear and take a big bite out of it like i i don't i, yeah, I like there's... a good fresh pear not gonna <laughs> lie to you <laughs> though i will say i was in a very kind of privileged position my 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 parents had this little tiny uh, beach house shack kind of down the shore and there was a little tiny pear tree in the backyard ah. so like like literally like you know i'd pop in there for a summer and it's like you could just rip it off the tree and it's like 
live like Huck Finn or whatever. Like it was, <laughs> it was, re- it was honestly really, really nice. But well, I tell uh, you what, I give you my friend code. You bring a pear to <laughs> St. Louis and plant you, it in my backyard. You drop an orange off. Cross pollinate. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> uh, God, my Animal Crossing island must be so infested with. with every, I haven't my, checked in. They in have years to be straight. dead. They yeah. have to be dead at this All point. All my neighbors are like. <laughs> Uh, I was I played that nonstop for like two months straight, and then just never even looked never at it again. again. <laughs> nope. uh, uh, let's see. Oh, sixty-one strangest food that you have eaten. So this is again to an East Coaster. This isn't going to be anything, but to me and my garbage Midwestern palate, to <laughs> the strangest the uh, food that I've ever submitted to eating has got to be mussels. Like I know it's a to- totally normal thing for people to eat. But yeah. I didn't understand how to eat it. Like, I didn't know you're supposed to, like, slurp it down. So uh, an ex, like, was like, you got to try them, you got to try them, you got to try them. And I bit into the inside of it. And I was like, this tastes like somebody hocked a loogie in sand, and then you made me bite it. Like, no, <laughs> never again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, clams, oysters, mussels to a certain extent. People don't like the snottiness. I get it, but I don't know. I love that stuff. I'm a weirdo. <laughs> um, sixty-two. What's a typical day off? Lately, we've it's been this routine. Um, like so, Saturday is basically my only like real day off where I'm doing just absolutely nothing, not traveling or you know. And if I don't have a show, that kind of thing, then usually wake up. Um. Me and my girlfriend will cook breakfast. Um, we'll binge Criminal Minds. We finished Criminal Minds. So I don't know what the hell we're going to do with our lives now. But, oh, no. Um, we were binging Criminal Minds for like the last six months. And, uh, wow. Uh, but watch some sort of TV show. Take our dogs out for walks. Uh, come back, work out. We like to work out together. It's kind of became our thing. And then uh, same thing. Um, she got to interview Renee Paquette. Um, oh, so she, awesome is a journalist and occasionally she writes uh freelance for slam wrestling and got to inter- interview her when her cookbook came out. Yeah. And so um, that kind of like sparked our interest in trying stuff out of that. So lately we've been really picking up and we'll, we'll get us. We'll, I always like get Renee, bring Renee over and we'll, <laughs> we'll make a dish uh, out of Renee's book. And, uh, and we, yeah, we've been doing that for like four or five weeks straight now. And that's just been the best day off ever. It's like getting up, watching some TV show that you can totally check out to you get the dogs in a little a little physical activity and then just like we like really have liked cooking together and we made there's a hot honey pizza uh recipe in that i did not think i was capable of making a pizza dough from scratch like i fully wow. did not believe in my abilities but yeah. followed renee's recipe man and it was the best pizza i've ever had in my entire life it was so Whoa. good <laughs> i love that that sounds honestly like a fantastic day all in all uh 63 what's a bucket list item that you accomplished um owning uh my own wrestling promotion it was uh like i said I talked about it when i was a kid and and me and my friend jason uh that ended up running it with me we used to run efeds together online and like oh yeah like that was our we always talked about man what if this was real you know and then like one day it was like i would i was in the business for a while he had been a news director, so he knew like editing, production, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and we both had a pretty centric idea of what we wanted. 
Um, and we came up with this uh, idea called the Pro Wrestling Championship Series. And it was uh, pro wrestling as a team sport. Because that was anytime we talk about it, it'd always be like, what are we going to do that's different from anybody else that's just running a backyard fed, you know? Yeah. And uh, so we stumbled upon that and had the resources to do it. Like, and when I say that, I don't mean we had a bunch of money. Like my built, my work was a YMCA at the time. They let me use the building for free. Um, we bought out of uh, open box uh, HD cameras from Best Buy for like no money. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then just had some people that were willing to take a shot on us. And uh, we ran a, a full season. It was like, you know, this, this team of wrestlers versus this team of wrestlers, best of three um, was wow. one, was one show. And it basically was like a round robin tournament. And then uh, the two teams with the best records would face off in a four on four Survivor Series style matchup for the championship. And uh, that was something like, even as it was going on, we were like, this could end any moment. <laughs> and so to see like that, that not only that season played out and we got to do it, um, but then to see we did six seasons before it went belly up. And it went belly up in October of 2019, right before the pandemic hit. Couldn't have wow. had better timing. To throw in the towel um so never say never i might go back to that someday because i loved the concept i don't think it's a really cool concept i gotta say and we got to tell really cool stories from it um that were just different you know um and so it was it and i felt like it separated us from every other you know little like local indie that's running um and but to get to do that and get to do it with my best friend that was the you know uh, all and it was like a collection of my best friends all these guys that we would e-fed with or do these WrestleMania pilgrimages. Like they all ended up involved somehow. Like uh, one of the guys ended up being the sound guy and another guy did commentary and like helped put up the ring. And it was just uh, so cool to get to that point where you're like, man, we used to like, this used to be a absolute pipe dream. And now there's a full wrestling ring sitting in my garage right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Uh, That's so cool. And honestly, a great, concept for a wrestling show like if it were to come back I'd fully back it that's all i'm Get, saying gets the bob buell thumbs up that's <laughs> of approval right there uh let's say 64 bucket list item you probably won't accomplish probably like uh i've always had a pipe dream of learning to play the piano and being mm. and do like Ben Folds is another like huge idol of mine. I love Ben Folds, but like man, I'm 32. <laughs> like I'm fully aware I can learn, but like to learn and then like learn songs. Like gosh, it sounds like I don't have the kind of time to pull off what I want to do. <laughs> like I'd love to do you know like different piano covers of like of rock songs and stuff like that, and do you know do shows. But it just seems like there's a whole lot that goes into that that I don't have the ambition for, but um yeah that that's that's probably the bucket list item that i realistically don't think i'm going to put the time and effort into to accomplish yeah i hear you uh 65 dubbed by previous guests the realest question of the bunch name of a friend you don't keep in contact with but regret it definitely it is it does get real it gets real yeah it's getting (laughs) the real world right now real um first person that comes to mind is um when 
when I started the concept, we started running, there was a guy that was like a local legend kind of thing, you know, I mean, he didn't really make it out of this area, but was very respected here. And he sort of uh, bounced ideas off of me. And then we ended up, he hadn't wrestled in a few years and we sort of made him a focal point of the story that we told. And uh, he was with us for like three or four years. And then we had a falling out over, you know, just looking back, I, I don't want to say stupid stuff because it meant something at the time, but, you know, uh, eventually I felt like I had to stop using him and we had a big falling out over it. Like not even like came to blows. It was just like, we ended a phone conversation and I thought we were like understood of like, Hey, this is why I have to stop using you. I, th- I hope you understand. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I'm not mad at you. I just, I'm mad at the situation, but then we never talked again. And it was like, man, you know, like I, I didn't, uh, I did really respect the person and, and, uh, you know, they, they did a lot for me to get me where I was at. So, you know, there's that, um, my other answer, it's like, I bet similar to how it's not a possession, this is probably not allowed, but, uh, man, I could never talk to my ex-girlfriend ever again and be super happy, but she had the dopest cat. It was this big, <laughs> big fluffy cat named Binks. And he was my bro, man. Like, <laughs> that was to Binks, actually. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we don't keep in contact he doesn't text well because he's a cat uh, <laughs> i love it i love it uh 66 what's a game that makes you feel nostalgic super mario brothers 3 yeah um, we play that like as the whole family so uh I, I think about that like sitting around our kitchen table like with a TV that was in our kitchen for some reason and uh and playing Super Mario Brothers 3 as like, like our whole family uh when I was a kid it was super super fun. That's an all-time classic. Yeah. Uh 67, what game have you spent the most time playing? Are we counting if there's like a franchise? Are we counting all iterations? Sure. Of the franchise? Yeah, I'd give that to you. Like given that, I would probably say like madden football or nhl you know something like that because i've been playing those games since i was little and i pump time into them until the next one comes out basically if i have to go one single game the one i would always come back to because it's simple and it's free is extreme warfare revenge um oh yeah the like fed yeah text-based like booking game and you would you could always update the rosters it's always free and uh like yeah every once in a while up until the point that i was actually booking my own co- that was the time where i was like i probably should stop playing EWR now. <laughs> like, i'm playing EWR for real so <laughs> i forgot that that even existed until you said it but yeah that was that was something especially back a in lot like a lot of time into it yeah like early internet like those kind of free deep games just weren't really around that much but that one yeah, I remember getting super into it, too. Ah, very cool. Um, 68, what's something you built with your own hands? I don't think I've ever built anything that does not have instructions. I, I don't even know why I said think. I know I've never built anything <laughs> that didn't have instructions. I, the closest thing I've came to making something with my bare hands that I was proud of was, like, I took a graphic design class in high school, and you got to make your own notepad. And I made my mom a notepad uh, with her name and with the Harley, like her name where the Harley outline, outline of the Harley emblem and then her name in it at the top of this like post-it pad. 
And, but that was literally just printing out paper, cutting it and gluing the back of it. I think that's the most handy I've ever been. Uh, anything else has always had instructions. That's all you need. Let's see. <laughs> uh, question 69. Best pickup line. I have never picked anyone up. Um, physically, I don't think sure. anyone has with a pickup <laughs> line. <laughs> physically, sure. I pick people up all the time. But uh, with a pickup line, I can't even. I'm so not smooth. I can't even think of one. Like I, um, it's not necessarily a pass, but it's a lack of education. I don't think I can even come up with one. Not a problem. Not a problem. Uh, question 70. Have you ever had any good nicknames? Yeah, I've had a few. Um, everybody just calls me by my last name. So I don't know. You know, that's like a weird family trait. Like everybody calls my dad Jovi and everybody calls me Jovi, like, uh, in circles. Um, but weirdly, sometimes that gets like uh, fumbled up and not in the typical way. Like you read it and you're like, is it Jovi or Jovi? That I understand. That's the first day of school every time ever. Like I oh, get yeah. that. Um, but the most classic one was apparently when I was really little, somebody butchered it to Joe Bob. And that became my childhood nickname. So Joe there was Bob. like my mom and her best friend that were, like was basically like an uncle, you know, like all these little people like circle called me Joe Bob for like a long time because of the way they butchered our last name. Uh, that's, that's about the best I can come up with. Well, Joe Bob. That's close. <laughs> like it's nowhere I, near. No, like at least I get Buell. Like, yeah. <laughs> like at least the same amount of letters. But... <laughs> uh, question 71. Do you believe in love at first sight? I, I have to say no. Um, I don't want to sound unromantic, but I just think that, you know, uh, anytime I, that I've been like head over heels at sight is not like, it's not a real thing. Like, I, you know, people have said it before, but lust at first sight, stir, like, yeah. but uh, my current girlfriend that I love very much, you know, I've had, I had a crush on her for a long, long time. That's a real fun story, but um, like, uh, but it's still would you call it love at first sight no it was a crush at first sight that later developed into something more you know yeah. um so yeah i think you gotta gotta go with that i hear you i think i agree 72 what's a big turnoff of yours i think as i've gotten older um like a lack of ambition and not mm. to the, not to the sense of like you know, everybody doesn't have to want to be a CEO or anything like that, but just like to have some goal or some, you know, to want to like, ha- you know, to want to improve yourself a little bit or something like that, you know, like yeah. to always want to learn and do better. I think that's, you know, a, a trait of like positive, successful people. And so I, when you meet somebody and they're just negative and what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you, you know, where do you, what do you want to do for a living? Nah, I don't want to do anything. Like, you know, it's like, do you have any dreams? Like, nah. Like, it's, it's just like, oh, man, you're just a chore to talk to, eh? Like, <laughs> I hear you. Uh, 73, do you consider yourself an artist? I think it would be really pretentious to say yes, but also yes. I do. <laughs> I do. I do consider what we do kind of performance art. And so uh, as much as it hurts my soul to say it, I do think I, I am a bit of an artist. I I 
absolutely think so (laughs) i I always say art is a category it's not this like you know the mona lisa isn't the only piece of art out there you know a really made help you know a a good sandwich from subway that's a sandwich artist right there (laughs) it's it's half a joke but it's i don't know you know i don't know if i could do that uh 74 what's something you tried to cook and failed man pick a uh, pick an item uh, <laughs> literally just a few days ago i tried to roast vegetables and i couldn't get fresh ones for my instacart so they sent me frozen ones oh. and so it was just like the one night i made them they were like mushy and cold on the inside but crispy on the outside so the next <laughs> night i tried again and i just made them like black the color oh. black they tasted like burnt like they just <laughs> Like the inside of a volcano is what these broccoli spears tasted like. Um, so yeah, that was a huge failure. Um, I've tried to recreate some like old family mes- recipes and failed miserably. Uh, like soup that uh, my mom would make, or she used to make this like really great homemade. I'm using air quotes pizza, but it really came out more like a lasagna. It was just stacked just on top of a crust, and like I've yeah. never been able to replicate it. So yeah, I failed at those things as well. Uh, 75, dubbed the Ben Hansen after the first guest of this year's show. What's the greatest piece of art ever made? I, I mentioned earlier the book one was one that I was dreading because it would reveal that I'm a dumb person. And I think this also <laughs> will reveal that I'm a dumb person. Like, I'd love to say the Sistine Chapel, but get gun to my head. It's My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by Kanye West. It's start a- to finish. It's a great album. <laughs> the that ep, the season of dissect on that really opened my eyes to all the stuff that's musically going on there. Um, and I would uh, anybody that thinks they don't like hip hop or thinks they don't like Kanye West, I would I would say listen to that season of dissect on my beautiful dark twisted fantasy because it goes so deep and like it really just shows. I used to be that kind of person who like how much of an artist is somebody that's like sampling songs and stuff like that, but you listen to that and how those sounds come together and how the music it lines up with the story that the lyrics are telling. Like to me, it does it every time. Like just, I love that album. Oh, that's a phenomenal answer. Uh, 76. Have you ever had something happen to you that you would consider paranormal? Yes. Oh, <gasps> so, <laughs> um, I like paranormal, spiritual. I don't know how you classify this, but um, this is, and I, I've only told like my most intimate people this. So, like, why not tell you and everybody listening to this? <laughs> why not emboss it forever on the internet? Yeah. Why not? Um, I distinctly remember, I don't remember the time between this event and the information that I learned, but I remember sleeping one night and I'm not a dreamer. Like, I don't, you know, obviously everyone dreams, but I don't usually remember them, especially not like extremely vividly. And I woke up with the, crying to this vivid dream. Uh, my mom is still alive at this point. And I am walking out of my place of work at the time. And uh, we know nothing about her diagnosis, like what's coming. I walk out of my place of work in this dream and I met with my grandfather's face, her dad, who had passed away when I was like six. And he tells me, like, I get, obviously, I'm freaked out because, like, hey, you're dead, bro. Like, I don't know. I'm dreaming. So, yeah. you know, this is a crazy scenario we're in right now. And uh, 
uh, and he says, don't worry, don't be afraid. I'm here to tell you that something terrible is going to happen to your mom, but don't worry, I've got her. And uh, he walks away and gets into a car with a person that looks like my mom when she's like younger and full of life and they drive away. And I woke up and my mom was like washing dishes in the middle of the night because she would do bizarre shit like this. She would not like sleep ever. And so she's up washing dishes like two o'clock in the morning. And I go sit in the kitchen table and I just ball crying to her and tell her what I just saw. And she's like, ah, you know, it's, it's just a dream. Don't worry. And like, I know, I know, but like, this was really vivid and it was like really weird. I go just, I, I, you know, I don't know. It just shook me. I had to come find you. And I don't know the amount of time between that dream and when she was diagnosed with cancer, but it wasn't a lot, like six months, most maybe, you know, um, it's been, it, she went very quickly, you know? And so it was, uh, I thought about the moment that she got that cancer diagnosis. Like I knew in my heart, I was like, uh, it's like, I don't even know if I believe, I, I don't know what I believe happens when we go beyond this. Yeah. But in that moment, I believed. I was like, she's going to pass away because he told me like, and uh, that's this, uh, that is a memory that I will just like, I'll anytime the debate of what comes after this comes up, that's the one thing that's always in my head that like, I don't know, like, I don't think I believe, but this happened and it was so vivid and so real and i've never experienced anything like it oh man that i i can't tell you how much i adore stories like that like (laughs) that is just so that's that's everything that's all you need (laughs) (laughs) oh i love it i love it uh 77 would you ever use a ouija board no and not because i'm afraid of it but like Man, if some like five star general from the Civil War wants to reach out to me and tell me of something I'm doing wrong with my life, he probably isn't gonna use something that's marked with like Hasbro or Milton Bradley. <laughs> like Good point. I assume yeah. he'll appear in like a pit of flames at a fire at some point and be like, Greg, yeah. call the road. I'll be like, We got it, man. We handled that. Yeah. <laughs> Super dead. Don't worry. But <laughs> I I respect it. I respect it. <laughs> Uh, 78 simply why oh this is a gross question (laughs) (laughs) it's it gets deep it gets esoteric (laughs) it's it's everything and nothing i'm so black and white thinking like i i'm such (laughs) a i'm such just like this makes sense or it doesn't and i'm just like oh god i can't get (laughs) i can't let my mind go there Uh, so the so the answer to why is I don't know. <laughs> uh, why? Who wants to know? That's great. Uh, Seventy nine. If given the chance, when would you time travel to? I feel like this is a rough one too because it's like. I don't want to go back so far that we don't have like, you know, modern plumbing or anything like that. Like, I'm not trying to, yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to be Lewis and Clark or anything. Like, I don't <laughs> have any interest in that. Oh, yeah. But I also don't really like. We know what now is like. I really don't know that I want to see what dystopian hellscape awaits us in like five years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I think if I could pick. It, it, whether I was observing or I could go back to this time and be in that body, whatever, 
you know, I, I hate to keep bringing it down and back to this, but I think I'd go back and enjoy a day with my mom, like, and tell her about all the cool stuff that's happened to me since. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and uh, just like have that one more day uh, with her. I think that, that would be what I would choose if given that power. I love it. I think that's, a, that's phenomenal. Uh, question 80. Have you ever made a sudden dramatic change to your lifestyle and stuck to it? Um, yes. Um, so I was married at one point, um, and that went downhill because of her addiction to prescription drugs. And so I had a job at the time. We're trying to work things out. Um, she is going to counseling. We only have one car cause she wrecked the other one. And so I'm stuck at my place of work, which is a YMCA until she's done with her meetings and gets to me which is sometimes like closing time of the Y. and so i just started working out every night and by the time the relationship was over and i was in a good headspace again i realized like wow i've made a life change that people struggle to make and you know i started i was like wow i've seen the results like i want to push this so then i started doing it on purpose and i started eating right and i got like really really slim at the time like I look back on those pictures and it's like it was probably two. Like you know, I wasn't like I wasn't happy, so yeah. it's not fun to look at because of that. But um, I have taken that life change since then. You know, I've fluctuated as everybody does. Like, um, but for the most part, I have kept working out as part of my like weekly routine that keeps me sane and keeps me together and um, helps me grow as a person. So I, I think that was a was one of those things like, I didn't even realize that it was happening. And next thing I know, like, okay, this is a big part of my life. Wow, that's incredible. Uh, I'm really and... filling the back half with the deep stuff. Like, we were getting... <laughs> ebbs and flows, baby. That's what it's about. <laughs> People laugh when it starts at breakfast, but it gets real. You know? <laughs> uh, question 81. What game show, past or present, would you love to be a contestant on? My instinct is to say Price is Right, but that could be over so quickly. Like, you could be a contestant on Price is Right and never get to do anything fun. Just get screwed by yeah. somebody bidding one more dollar than you, and you just leave home sad with, like, a biscuit and $10 or whatever they give you. <laughs> um, I would probably say uh, Press Your Luck or Whammy, whenever they, whichever version, like the old school version or the new one they brought back. Yeah. I loved Press Your Luck. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think Press Your Luck would be really fun to be on. That's a great one because you get all the glitz and the glamour and, you know, you're almost guaranteed to walk out with something there, you know? Yeah, you, and you kind of get the thrill of gambling because it's like you push, you're pushing your luck literally, so. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great one. Plus you get slime or whatever falls over there, like that's a good spot. <laughs> uh, 82, what's a quote that you love? Um, the The one that's like hit me recently is even if it's even if you're not ready for the day, it cannot always be night. Uh, it's from a Gwendolyn Brooks pro- poem. Mm. Um, but as I have said, I am a dumb person. I don't know it from the Gwendolyn Brooks poem. I know it from Donda West reading it at the song at go. the start of Praise God. <laughs> I was waiting to see whether it's a Kid Rock or. Uh... <laughs> 
Hey, listen, a good quote's a good quote, regardless of where it's coming from. So she pulls from that song and she says, uh, say to them, say to the sun slappers, the harmony hushers, uh, even if you're not ready for the day, it cannot always be night. And it's just like, no matter what you're going through, no matter who's trying to bring you down, like it something you gotta something's gotta give eventually. Yeah. No, I love it. Uh 83. What's the best shirt that you own? I never wear it, but the one that I love the most is I went to Universal Studios and I got a like Duff Brewery work shirt. Oh, um, nice. And I I love that thing, but I never, I literally never wear it. I've maybe worn it once in my entire life, <laughs> uh, but man, that's a, that's a cool shirt. I was so, I was so excited when I found it and now it's, it's dormant in my closet, but <laughs> <laughs> waiting for that day I go to work at the Duff Brewery. <laughs> Still red, still red. Uh, eighty four. Would you change your middle name? Um, no. My middle name is Richard. It is my grandfather' uh, middle name. The one that may have mystically spoken to me in a dream. Okay. <laughs> yep. And then, so my first name is my father's middle name. My middle name is my grandfather's uh, first name. Oh, so, nice. And I like the flow of it. Gregory Richard Jovi. I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah, it's got a good ring. It's got a good flow uh 85 what's a good impression you can do i have a knack for doing impressions that will this will not help me here of like (laughs) just random people like i'll meet somebody and i pick up their characteristics pretty quick um but like famous people that i try to emulate it's always garbage like um the best one i think i could do would be like we used to all do walking for fun uh, oh, yeah. walking like but i feel like everybody's got a little bit everybody's got a little bit of walking in them baby like <laughs> christopher is that is that you right <laughs> no, very solid very solid and everybody's walking is just walking in joe dirt like that's the walk that's the yeah. walking everyone does because <laughs> he was almost doing like a caricature of himself <laughs> in that movie which makes it so much better uh oh man uh 86 is there a tattoo you wanted to get but are glad you didn't get every day of my life um i i really wanted i was straight edge like i said till i was 28 i really wanted to get a straight edge centric tattoo um specifically i wanted to get like drug free oh yeah somewhere um like i had the idea for design where it was like opened up and it looked it, it looked almost like it was carved into my veins you'd see like tendons and stuff underneath it yeah. But then I started to drink, so that would have been bad <laughs> to have on my awkward. body forever. Um, yeah. You know, so, yeah, I'm glad that I did not follow through with that. But. It would be weird. The same hand that's holding a, uh, like a <laughs> beer just said drug free. Uh, <laughs> uh, 87. How would you describe your 16-year-old self? More mature than other 16-year-olds, but not as mature as he thought he was. Mm. Like, I hung out with people that were, my best friends are all, like, somewhere between four and six years older than me. So I probably thought I was the coolest at 16, and, like, I was so much smarter and more mature than all these kids. because I hung out with older people and blah, blah, blah. But, like, looking back, I see Facebook posts and stuff. I'm like, oh, you were just as cringy as every other 16-year-old. <laughs> in the whole world brother like <laughs> oh yeah 
but that's that's the plight that's the curse of the 16 year old you always <laughs> you always think you're cool and then you look back even a year later and you're like <laughs> not Gross. quite not quite uh 88 uh what's the worst injury you've ever had probably as so i have a i don't really know exactly what happened like i know i probably had a concussion um, and I definitely messed my neck up for life, but I don't like it's. I've never gotten it diagnosed. Like I didn't go and get, you know, an X-ray or anything like that when it happened. I just know that my neck has been forever messed up since this moment. Okay. Um, we had this big yoked up idiot that trained with us um, when I was training to wrestle, and I guess like someone forgot to clue him in that <laughs> like we're doing a dance here, and. <laughs> Uh, my trainer was like, what do you want to learn? And we were cycling through moves and stuff and some, and he, this guy's like, I want to learn a German suplex. And I'm over here. Like, I want to go home. Like, <laughs> and no one is stepping up to take a German suplex from this guy. So finally I was like, dude, I got a Packers game to watch. Like I'll go, like I'll do the German suplex. Yeah. I give him you know, a good jump. He puts it like he's trying to win the shot put in the Olympics. He throws <sighs> me all the way across the ring. I land on the back of my head. I, my body, like, uh, case, I had a up. bruise on my chest from my chin. Um, and I felt every vertebrae crack down to the middle of my back to the point where I was like, I don't even want, I laid there for a while and I didn't want to try to move because I was afraid I wouldn't be able to. Uh, luckily, I got right up. I think I went to the bathroom and threw up and then went home and laid down and like iced it. Um, ended up going to a chiropractor later on they did x-rays and stuff and said they didn't see any signs of like breaks or and i just had like swollen discs but i think i just forever have a swollen disc now i was at the Ugh. chiropractor before i came here once a week i gotta do it before otherwise my neck is killing me um but that's that's probably the worst injury i ever had Oof, brutal absolutely brutal uh 89 what's a habit of yours you want to break being late uh, the fact that I was on time for this is a phenomenal feat that you do not understand. Um, I am, and I didn't realize I was late, the like always late guy. But then at the aforementioned chiropractor, they make fun of me for being late. Like, they, it's just like this thing. They know I'm going to show up late. They put me down for 15 minutes after whenever I tell them I'm going to be there. Uh, my friends uh, have started to take polls. They're like, uh, if we're watching a wrestling pay-per-view, they'll be like, well, yeah, Greg's going to show up by match two. Like, I didn't realize I was this guy. but So, yeah, I definitely am trying to do better. But, wow. yeah, I'm the late guy. So. You got to shake that gimmick. It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, question 90. Home stretch time here. Have you ever lied on your resume? I would say uh, half a yes. Like, I've never said I was an astronaut or that I went to <laughs> Yale or yep. I did have a friend that I worked with one time. We were both trying to get out of our jobs at the Y and she was like, I was talking about how I didn't have a four-year degree and I thought that would hold me back. And she's like, just say you have one. And I was like, what are they going to, but what if they find out? She's like, I don't know. Like if they ask for a contact, just give them my phone number. I'll be the Dean of whatever school you say you went to. Like, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, but I didn't, I've never done that, but I did. Uh, my job at that was was very weird. It was like two jobs they had combined into one, and I did all this stuff that really wasn't in the job description. So technically, what I really did was called a membership director, but I never was given that title. 
gotcha. I was just given all the work. So when I would do other uh, applications, I would always put that down that I was a membership director, even though that wasn't technically my title. It was the job I did. So it's a little white lie. Like I said, it's not like I said I was a Tyrannosaurus Rex, but like <laughs> I, uh, it was not true either. <laughs> yeah, but it's one of those ones that if they called you out on it, at least you could explain it. You yeah, I, I got mean? an explanation at least. Like, oh no, yeah. you, this is why I had to lie. Uh, <laughs> I need money, and this sounded better. <laughs> which is really the, the which should be every job interview ever. <laughs> like, why do you want this job? Cash, dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's why. I really like having electric. Um, <laughs> it's a passion of mine. I'm passionate about having running water and electric. Yeah, big fan. In fact, <laughs> uh, question ninety one. Maybe a silly question, but have you ever punched someone in the face? Yes. Uh, I, that is not the desire, obviously. So, of course. Uh, pro wrestling is all about hitting hard in safe places. That's yes. I, you know, Anybody ever says, hey, is it real? Of, you know, of course, it is, it is predetermined or choreographed. I don't really like the term, either one of those terms exactly, because um, even that, a lot of people just call stuff on the fly. It's like improv, you know, it's phys- high impact physical improv comedy. Like, sometimes um yeah. so but um i there, i do remember a distinct time where my best friend uh we we got into this together and it was going to be my first big moment of like i was going to turn heel on him and i was going to start being my, a manager because they had pigeonholed me into being a ring announcer early in my career um and so this was going to be like the moment where he reaches out for me he's bloody he just lost a matchup and i punch him in the face and we're getting ready to go out and i go dude i don't I don't know how to throw like a working punch. And he goes, just hit me. And I go, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, dude, just sock me in the face, man. Like I, I'd rather it look good. And like, okay. And so he goes out and we do that. And the next day, I mean, he had fought this bloody street fight. He was uh, just, I had my whole hand was red for just from hitting him. That's how yeah. much he was bleeding. And I call him the next day. I go, Hey man, you doing good? He goes, yeah, I'm, uh, you can't tell. I, uh, I was in a, uh, in a, in the match. I'm doing great. Except for the black eye you gave me when you punched me directly. <laughs> in the face. Oh God. That's it. But honestly, it's true though. Especially in those big moments. Yeah. I think it's like a Roddy Piper quote who was like, I'm going to be more mad at you if you make it look bad. Yep. Then <laughs> that actually just knocked me out cold because <laughs> if we're out there and you miss by a mile, but I sell it. Now yep. I'm the jerk. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so I, I, I like it. I like it. Uh, 92. Would you ever go to a nude beach? You know, I don't think so. And it's not because I'm a prude, but just like, I don't know what more enjoyment I'm going to get <laughs> out of being naked. I already don't want to have as much clothes off as I have to, to go to the regular beach. Like, <laughs> I don't need to have more clothes off. Like, yeah, I think, I, yeah, I think I'm just sticking to the standard beach. <laughs> that works. Totally works. Uh, 93, somehow not the realest question. When was the last time you cried? Last time I cried. I feel like it's going to be something really silly, like a movie or a show or something. Um, that probably brought tears to my eyes. Um, man, I hate to keep going back to it, but uh, uh, the two topics I told you I was going to, I should have added my mom to the topic. So that I said, we were always <laughs> going to come back to um, 
but my mom and dad are both like motorcycle folk. They love their motorcycles. Um, and of course, Donda, the new Con- Kanye West album, is primarily a, a, bun- a bunch of other things, the grieving of his mother and kind of searching out and trying to find her spirit. And there's a song called Jesus Lord, where he says, uh, when, you, when you lost your life, uh, I lost the life from my party. That woman rolled with me like a Harley. And when I heard it, I texted my best friend who was like really close with her too. I go, dude, this time, this man, and I had big tears in my eyes. I, I cried a little bit. Yeah, I, I get it. Uh, 94, what's something you've done and will probably never do again? I think one of those, I talked about those like WrestleMania pilgrimages. Mm. And I don't think we'll ever do anything like that again because it was such a moment in time. We were all, you know, early 20s, mid 20s. We didn't have wives, girlfriends, real jobs that we had to worry about. We were able to save money and then just drop and go for a week to these cities and just act like insane mid 20 <laughs> year olds. And uh, I don't think we'll ever, we may all go again. Like we even talked about it right before the pandemic. I was going to be booked for the first time on a WrestleMania weekend show. Oh, and nice. I was like so stoked about it. So we were all going to go. And it was going to be like a kind of return of the pilgrimage trip. But even if we did it again, it wouldn't be the same. You know, my buddy would bring his wife and kid. I would bring my girlfriend and she's a big wrestling fan. So like that would that would not be an issue. But, you know, it just wouldn't be that same like innocent tomfoolery shenanigans that we we did when we were uh, when we were kids. So I think, yeah, one of those uh, is, is a moment in time that we'll never be able to recapture. Yeah. Uh, 95 best compliment you ever received. Um, I just told this on Twitter the other day when a steel got let go from WWE. Oh, yeah. Um, and NWL, he was a big part of a group of veteran wrestlers called the foundation. And, um, there, I really respected it. it was another kind of like one of those local legend guys. Like he was really big in the Midwest named Michael Strider. Um, there's one guy who still is like, if you've never heard of him, he's probably the best wrestler you've never heard of named Jeremy Wyatt. Um, he is the best wrestler I've ever seen in my entire life. He's just never wow. made it out of the Midwest, but hands down, I'd put him up against anybody. Like he's one of the best of all time. Um, and it was him. Those two guys in a steel were in this like veteran, no one can touch us group. And, uh, I had to cut a promo afterwards, like a pre-tape promo and get out of there and uh come back because i had a show the next day of my own in st louis so i had to drive back four hours get ready for the show yeah. um so i'm one of the first ones up i cut my promo and uh michael strider goes that's why i love going after you like you're so good i love get- going after you because it gets me juiced up gets me wanting to like wanting to be the best i could possibly do and i shake his hand i go well, thanks man that's great and i shake a steel's hand he goes I don't want any part of going after you. <laughs> and, and it was really cool. I was like, man, that guy is like everything. You know, he's done it, done it all, and to have such a huge compliment was, was really, really cool. Oh, that's tremendous! Yeah. Uh, ninety six. Tell me a joke. This one's heinous. Like, uh, <laughs> it's the, the when anybody asks for like a one liner, like dad joke, it's the only thing that popped in my head. So I preface, I'm sorry in advance if we have to. Uh, it, my buddy is a uh, chair Tom. It was is in a oh, was yes. in a band. Uh, aforementioned chair Tom was in a band called I Have a Bomb, and he would always in the middle of us there would be one song he'd do like a breakdown and then tell a joke and then go back to playing his solo. And I remember one time we're there and he got, he stops and he goes knock knock and they go who's there 
uh, and he goes, 9-11. And the crowd goes, 9-11 who? And he goes, you bastard said you'd never forget. <laughs> and, then, and then started playing <laughs> And then it. just goes into it. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> uh, uh, 97. 97 used to be a question that I wrote. And I uh, crumbled up and threw out. I just didn't think it was all that good. So I replace it with a listener question of the week. And if any of our wonderful uh, listeners have questions that they want to write in for future installments, that's 99. That's, of course, the number 99. Questionspod at gmail.com. 99questionspod on Twitter. Uh, and we got uh, a couple good ones here. We got three for you. little okay. lightning round style. Uh, one from Mr. Rob Hudak. Thank you, Rob. Okay. Strange question, but I like it. What's the largest pot roast you can bench press? <laughs> um, that's super weird, but yeah. okay. <laughs> um, I can bench press solidly, probably like 135 pounds. So I mean, like, I guess you give me two big old meaty pot roasts, like weighing about 70 pounds each, and stick them on the end of a barbell. <laughs> I, I guess I could give them, give them a big old meaty bench press. I like it. That's a that's quite the bench press indeed. <laughs> quite the pot roast, in fact. Yeah. <laughs> it's impressive uh, all around. Really. A, yeah, exactly. Uh next one from Mike Tucker. Is AEW's hook actually over? And can quote unquote meme popularity lead to lasting success for a wrestler? I think, I think so. I think that it is like it is a novelty. It is weird, but I also think if done right, they can then catapult off of that. Because the biggest, I mean, the biggest uh, challenge for any of us is getting somebody to care about you one way or the other, whether yeah. it's hatred, it's love. And they have, you know, I don't really understand it. Like, I love him too. I like, I get that he's awesome. How this happened, I don't, like, I was here for all of it and I yeah. don't understand it. But <laughs> I was in the exact same boat. I was, I was literally texting my friends the last time he had a match, and I was like, main event time, baby. And then I caught myself like, wait, this guy's third match. He's like 19 years old. Why am I so hyped about this? But I was genuinely excited to see it. And when he suplexed uh, friggin' QT Marshall or something, I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, why do I care so much? But I, I genuinely really do. Someone asked me, they're like, why do, Why is he over? And I go, I because he has his kid and he's just like kind of hot. And I don't know what that says about me that that was my response, but that was. <laughs> I'm wrong either. Is the weird I think part. It's like, like the nostalgia of Taz is built into it. And if he can catapult off that, then yeah, man, he, maybe he could be, he, maybe yeah. he could be over. Like, and honestly, months. case in point for like meme popularity wrestlers. Orange Cassidy, man. There's, yeah, perfect. Like, there's no reason he should have been, as, or he should be as big as he is. Yeah. But he's a guy who made a, a very silly but very genius gimmick completely last. Like, he had world title matches against Kenny yep. Omega. Like, I didn't even think about that, but that's a perfect example. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, excellent question, though. And last one from Chris Logan. If Greg could book a main event between two fictional characters, who would be the biggest draw? All right. All right. Between two fictional characters. This is a weird one, but again, okay. I, I like the variety they, they sent okay. in here. Yeah, I'm, I'm into this. Um, so, 
So I'm guessing movie, TV. Yeah, all applies, I suppose. Anything. If you want to so throw I'm... in Super Mario in the main event somewhere, like let's let's do it. But hey, this is your this is your book that, in this. That is perfect. Okay. Um so all right, so you're thinking your big heel, who's gonna be the guy that talks him into the building and draws him money? Um yes. like I I think who's done that better than let's I mean, is this going to end up being a Batman question? Is it going to be like Bane with Joker as a manager versus oh. Batman? Like, does that not get over? Does that not sell? That's money um, right there. Last year's event, he broke his back in the middle yeah. of the ring. <laughs> now he's back for one more. That Christopher Nolan kind of beat me to it, I suppose. <laughs> like, I think if you're if you're narrowing it down to pure athlete, um, then I think you got to go. Uh, let's see who's who's a who's like a good pro, uh, fictional pro wrestling athlete. Um, Jimmy King, maybe you get oh. Jimmy King in there. Despite my hatred for uh, uh, <laughs> uh, David Arquette, oh, yep, yep. Uh, because he he did uh, screw us massively. We were supposed to be his second match back ever, and he canceled on us after we sold three hundred tickets. Oh, um, man. And that story didn't make the documentary that he's making a lot of money off of right now, I assure you. <laughs> oh, um, man. But yeah, Jimmy King against uh, like, like the, the revolting blob from our aforementioned Oh, from Billy Adam Madison. Sandler. <laughs> yeah. That would, yeah. Make Again, money. I'd, it money. It would be money. <laughs> I'd be there. Six stars in the Tokyo Dome. I can guarantee that much. <laughs> Uh, excellent questions, uh, Rob, Mike, and Chris. Thank you very much for writing them. Uh, excellent, excellent. Uh, 98. What made you want to be who you are today? I think, um, a this is a very existential answer, probably, but just a constant need to not let down my parents. My parents built me up that they were that I was like the best kid they could ever ask for. And uh, so in my head, I'm always just like, man, I got to live up to that height. Like, that's a lot. <laughs> I didn't really ask for that smoke, but here we are. And uh, <laughs> so like my drive to, to be successful and uh, just to be a good person and, and do good, um, you know, and, and uh, do good for myself and my family and things like that. It, it all kind of just strives from that and and uh, wanting to make sure that I live up to the image that they painted of me. That's tremendous. Uh, but here we go. Question 99, top of the mountain. What do you want to be remembered for? This is probably the equivalent of your why question, but my answer, <laughs> yes. I think, is just something. I want to be remembered Ooh. for something. Whether it's one guy out there that saw me as, you know, a, a manager and hated my guts or some person that thinks I'm the best color commentator that they ever heard. Or even if it's just in my regular life, I run an assisted living. If somebody, somebody's family remembers me as the guy that really did good for their mom on their way out, like, you know, uh, whatever that is, I, if I'm remembered for something uh, that affected somebody's life in a positive way. Uh, that's all I could really ask for. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. And I think it's, I think it's an excellent answer. And I think it's what a lot of people should, should strive for just for something, you know, <laughs> that's great. Uh, 
Greg, we're out of questions here. We we went through them all. <laughs> uh, this has been absolutely phenomenal. Thank you so much for for doing this and taking the time. Uh, you've been absolutely wonderful here. Um, is there anything at all that you'd want to to plug, promote any companies, perhaps uh, that you want to uh, float into the ears of our wonderful listeners? Uh, for the, sure, the floor um, is yours, sir. First, first of all, thank you for having me. It's been a super blast, and I love the show. Like you're doing so much uh, fun stuff. So, just to be on is a huge honor. Um, I would say if you are a fan of me, or if you heard from me and want to and want to uh, see a little bit of what I do, you can follow me on Twitter at Heal Money Jovi, um, which is a Pusha T reference. It's not a, a Kanye reference for once. Um, so at Heal Money Jovi on Twitter um, is where you can find links to a lot of the stuff that I do. Um, uh, the main link I have on there right now is a t-shirt shop that I just launched through what a maneuver, um, where I have a shirt that says shut up Jovi in the vein of a, of uh, the yo MTV raps logo. Um, so there's that, uh, you can see me at companies, uh, and I would definitely suggest if you're a wrestling fan, checking out any of the companies I'm about to name, they all do something very fun and different, um, from one another. Um, the main company that I work with is here local in St. Louis called St. Louis Anarchy. You can follow them on Twitter at um, SDL Anarchy. Um, and then another main promotion that I work for is Journey Pro in uh, Kansas City. Uh, and you can also follow them on Twitter at Journey Pro. Uh, the best place to, and I don't have a dog in this fight, but the best place to view any of that content, or if you want to see uh, some of the seasons of the uh PWCS, the show, the shows that I did, um, the, the team sport concept that I talked about, you could uh, do all of that through IWTV.live, uh, independentwrestling.tv. It's like $9.99 a month, and uh, you can check it out there. I think they do two weeks free with a uh, promo code, and my promo code is PWCS. You can plug that in, see what it gets you. Um, it's changed over the course of the years, but um, you can check out all my stuff on there and uh, that and searching uh, NWL uh, Drew Gold on YouTube. That is a defunct promo, uh, promotion, but I did a lot of really, really fun stuff there. So uh, that movie that Greg was talking about, The Boys and Girls Guide to Getting Down, uh, turns out one of the cast members there is Meghan Markle, the freaking princess. Unbelievable. Unbelievable episode. What a great guy. Follow Greg everywhere look up his stuff but it's last call red lights on let's figure out what we learned here today we learned that the two most dangerous things in the wrestling business are one still number one wrestling haku and a surprising number two boardwalk sushi who knew we learned that when fame comes a knocking please please don't answer with cheeseburger in paradise i know it's a good song but it just won't get you anywhere, I promise. We learn that all my neighbors in Animal Crossing are dead. We learn that bar shuffleboard is more of a sport than golf, come at me. And we learn that iced coffee really does punch back. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to buy Eddie Kingston a shot of tequila because I need some new sneakers. I'll see you in two weeks for our next episode. So until then, thank you and good night.